participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Not such a nice day here in New York City, but it is good to be inside. Good to be doing the show once again. We love our Wednesdays. A little less pressure. We get to interact with the fans answer some questions we had fun on monday didn't we let's have some fun again fun lineup on today's program and it comes a couple days before the beginning of a very very busy weekend in the world of combat sports wow a lot to get to this weekend a lot to watch a lot to digest a lot to partake in i'm looking forward to it but 
I'm looking forward to today's program very much because uh, we got, <laughs> I mean, I say this all the time, an eclectic mix of names, an eclectic mix of guests, and uh, some news as well. Before we get to all of that, as always, today's program is being brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code Hour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code Hour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Back end of the show, I'll answer your questions. Everyone's favorite segment of the week, On the Nose. You know where to leave the questions. Arielhawani.substack.com. Ton already up there. I appreciate all of you very much. And we shall sit back and end at least our little week here with those questions. Back end of the show. I look forward to that. G-City will stop by, answer our questions as far as who he'll be betting on this weekend. Because as you know, there's a lot to get to this weekend. There's Bellator. There's PFL. There's KSW. There's LFA. There's one championship. And of course... There's UFC as well. What will he choose? What direction will he go in? We'll check in with GC later in the program. At 3 o'clock, the president and the founder of BKFC, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, David Feldman, will be on the show. First time that I ever interview him, speak to him, and uh, he's coming with a pretty big announcement. And so stay tuned for that. 3 o'clock Eastern, David Feldman coming off their Knuckle Mania 2 event this past weekend. Uh, We shall talk to him for the very first time at 3 o'clock. At 2.30, Dale Brown, Commander Dale Brown of the Detroit Urban Survival Training, Dust, will stop by. Yes, the viral sensation, the man that everyone has been talking about in the world of combat sports, martial arts, Instagram, TikTok. You know the guy. He was in Joaquin Buckley's corner this past weekend against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. We spoke to Joaquin about it on Monday. A big deal. Everyone's talking, Snoop's talking about it. Everyone loves this guy. Freaking Odell Beckham Jr. is mimicking him after scoring a touchdown a couple of months ago. Uh, the one and only Commander Dale Brown will be on the program at 2.30. I look forward to that. Chad Mendez will be on at 2 o'clock to talk about his BKFC uh, debut and how successful it was and where he goes from here. So I look forward to talking to Money Mendez. And at uh, 1.30, we'll check in with the legend, Gegard Mousasi, the reigning defending Bellator middleweight champion, the man who will be headlining Bellator 275 this Friday on Showtime at the Tree Arena in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, it's a big-time fight. It's arguably the best fight of the weekend in terms of, you know, talent, and how they match up. I'm looking forward to it. It goes down on Friday, and Gegar will be defending his title against our first guest of the day. And so without further ado, let us say hello to our first guest of the day, who is joining us from Dublin, Ireland, the one and only Austin Vanderford, the number one contender in the Bellator middleweight division. Hello, Austin. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I have to say, I come to you I, I almost feel bad because it occurred to me a couple of days ago, okay, you're coming on the show Wednesday, 1 o'clock Eastern. It's 6 o'clock over there in in Dublin. Weigh-ins are tomorrow. You're fighting on Friday. Is this a pain in the ass for you? Are you mad at me right now? No, this is easy, man. This is why I moved up to, to middleweight. Okay. Uh, just enjoy to enjoy life more and, and uh, you know, just, just go out. I don't got to kill myself to make 185, so – Easy work. Like, how much do you weigh right now? Uh, I'm probably like 192 right now, and I'll okay. work out tonight. And then I always save a little bit for the the morning of to 
to do the last little part. So I'm doing good. Okay. So no stress. All right. I don't feel bad. We'll see what Gegard has to say about me in about no. 30 minutes. We'll see if he's mad at me, but I appreciate you not being <laughs> mad at me. By the way, what are we rocking over there? What is that? Uh, what is that necklace that you're wearing? Is that your tattoo? Is that your neck tattoo? That is, man. Go a little yeah, lower. I got this made by a little lower yeah, so yeah. we could see it. Oh got- my oh my gosh. Look at that. Wow. Who made that? Uh Zoe Frost. Uh guy. He does a lot of a lot of them here. Uh Malky, of course, Malky Powell yes, yes. they hooked me up with. Yeah. So um yeah, I got it made. Uh got it just in time before we, we shipped out to Ireland and yeah, just rocking it now. Now, what does that signify, that tattoo? Like, it's an eye, right? Uh, what is it supposed to yeah, symbolize? Yeah, so it's the, it's the eye of the storm. So, like, storm clouds around it. And they say, like, the eye of the storm with all the chaos going on is, like, the calm part of the storm. So, you know, uh, it's just all the chaos going in, are, around you. You know, it's where you stay centered, where you're, where you're calm. Who, who inspired you to get that, especially on such a visible part of your body? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm spontaneous. And uh, I always thought it was a, a cool thing. And, and uh, I knew I wanted to get it tattooed somewhere. And uh, it's like, man, I'm going to get it right on my throat so I can see it. And, and I, I mean, I love it. I know some people uh, care less for it, but I love it. My family loves it. And uh, yeah, I, I wear it with honor. Honestly, though, did it kill? It must have killed, right? Like on the Adam's apple, that must have killed. Oh, they all hurt so bad. So it's not it when someone asked about like, dude, they all hurt. I'm not gonna tell you that it, it was easy, but uh I've definitely have had some that have hurt a lot worse than that. Really? To be honest. What 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 hurt yeah. the most? Which one hurt the most? I have my ribs. Honestly, the back of my neck was like more sensitive to me than the than the Adam's apple area. Interesting. Okay. And by the way, shout out to yeah. you for wearing the AirPods with the cauliflower ears. Like there's no chance those actually stay on when you go running or something like that. You can't run with those, right? Zero. Yeah. Zero <laughs> chance. It gets sweaty and they, they come out in like 10 minutes. So so for this, it's easy. But uh, yeah, when I go out running and stuff, no way. I'm shocked that you even have AirPods, like that you would even buy those because I can't imagine that they're very useful other than for interviews. So I appreciate you wearing them because it's funny to see how long they're actually going to stay on. Um, so this is a big deal, my friend. You're fighting for the belt against a legend, yeah. Gegard Mousasi. Uh, 2017, you made your debut. You're 11-0. and you're, you're not, you know... You're not a young buck. You're 31. Um, you put in your time. But honestly, did you think five years into the game you'd be fighting for a major title against a legend? Like, was this part of the plan, or is this happening a little sooner than you expected? Um, I mean, definitely, it, it's hard to predict, you know, for anyone when they're going to fight for a world title. And and uh, there's a lot of things that go into it. And, and I've always been realistic with myself and my career and everything. And you know, I know I've I've been lucky in a lot of ways and and have a lot of a lot of other push and whatnot. But at the same time, too, I've worked my ass off for five years and in even beyond that. And and uh, so in that sense, you know, I do feel like I deserve it and I feel ready and prepared. And I'm excited to go out and fight. I know we're you know 48 hours or so removed or away from it. Um, does it feel? I mean, this must feel a little bit different, right? Like. Does it feel like a little more pressure, a little more nerves? How would you describe how you're feeling two days before the fight? Nah, I mean, weirdly enough, not really. Like for any fight that I'm gonna get or get into, 
uh, I see it as my toughest fight and I, I feel like, you know, like all the pressure, all this stuff. So it's really no, no different than what I typically feel. And, and, and I think it just goes into my preparation and, and uh, just who I am as an athlete and a competitor and, and, uh, it, every, this all means everything to me. And, and, uh, you know, I, I kill myself. I, I put a hundred percent into my training, my preparation and all that. So, um, when it comes like this time, you know, I don't, I don't feel like a whole lot of added pressure and, and, uh, nerves that, that are unnecessary. What is it like to see your face on a bus in Dublin? You see your face, you see his, like, that's gotta be surreal, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the coolest part of all of it for sure is, uh, you know, some of the extra stuff, like, like you said, walking through the city, you see my face on, on that, that, that's the part where it's like, man, this is so cool. But honestly, it's just more motivation. It just makes me, you know, want that for every single fight I go, I go for, you know, moving forward and, and everything. So, um, you know, that's, that's the part, but it, it really doesn't change how, how I feel about the, the fight or, you know, the magnitude of the fight and, and uh, it certainly just isn't a normal fight, but you know I, I prepared like like I would for any other fight, and and uh, I feel well well prepared. I feel like my coaches, my training partners, have we've all put in the work, and we're ready to go compete on Friday. So I, I believe you. You seem like you're very calm. You're very uh, relaxed going into this. I saw the photos of you and your wife Paige Van Zant walking around town, being tourists, having a great time. She's downing beers you're filming it is that <laughs> is that is that tough for you i mean she's having a grand old time and i know you don't have to cut a ton of weight but you know you probably want to partake as well is this difficult or are you living vicariously through her being the tourist yeah i mean i i definitely i would love to be drinking and, and eating whatever i want like i haven't drank anything today i haven't ate anything today anything like that so uh i definitely love that but i just got done not scolding her, but telling her earlier, like, babe, you haven't ate today. Like, eat, drink, enjoy yourself. Uh, you know, that we're on these trips uh, to make memories and and uh although it's it's business and it's work and, and everything, like we're doing this stuff that, you know, we're gonna think back and, and remember it all. And I want it to be an enjoyable moment for you and and uh, all that. So for me, like I, I'm gonna go out to dinner with my family afterwards and and they're going to drink and they're going to have fun and I'm going to just relax. And, you know, I know, I know my celebration will be done after the 25th and, and I just look forward to it and I'm excited to compete. It definitely, and you know, it's been a minute since we last spoke, I was away and all this stuff, but it definitely feels, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are really leaning into this couples thing, right? I mean, the New York Post is writing about your pictures and stuff like that. I saw I saw that article. It, it feels like you have done the thing where like people were coming after you and you're like, oh, if we just disarm, it actually reminds me of how I treat my nose. People used to make fun of me for my nose. So then I just embrace the nose and <laughs> yeah. people don't make fun of you as much about the nose. It feels like you guys have made a conscious decision to lean into all of this. Is Is, is that an accurate assessment? Yeah. And I mean, it's not like, it, obviously it's not anything forced. And I mean, we love each other so much and we're by each other's side all the time and, and we're just enjoying life together. And, uh, you know, it, it does, it like becomes a point where it's like, really, what do you like, what are you fighting this? Right. Just like your nose, like, what are you going to do Ariel? Go like, I mean, you could go fix your nose or yeah. do whatever, but dude, that's stupid. Like who, who really cares? Like who gives a shit about, 
you know, that stuff. And I genuinely, that that's just how we are. We, I really could care less what, what people think and, and what people say about us. So uh, we're just enjoying ourselves and enjoying life and, and uh, you know, stuff like this coming to, to fight in Ireland in front of this crowd and fighting for a world title in, in Dublin. And I flew our whole family out here. I got like 25 people from Alaska, my family coming out and, wow. It's just memories, man. Something that, that I'm going to cherish forever, and I'm just excited. I love it. Have you, I'm assuming you have, have you seen any of those Dublin cards? Like, the last one was insane. Like, those crowds are nuts. The the Queeley walkout, the James Gallagher walkout, dating back to the Connor fight in, uh, in 2014. Like, have you seen those crowds, and have you thought to yourself, like, wow. I mean, obviously, you're not from Ireland, so it might be a little bit different, but that place is going to be supremely packed. I think it's right behind you. You're at the hotel that's right next to the arena, right? Um, ha- have you allowed yeah. yourself to, like, envision what it's going to be like? You're probably, I mean, at this juncture, you've probably never fought in front of a crowd like that before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the the electrifying moment of, of it all, making that walk with the crowd just going crazy and and, uh, but that's what we live for. We're adrenaline junkies and, you know, we do this for, for that. And some, I know some guys don't love the, love, uh, the nervousness and, and everything that comes with it. But man, I, I just think it's fun. And it's so fun to think back about crazy crowds that I've been a part of and knowing that this is going to be even crazier. It's, it's exciting. And I'm looking forward to it. Who do you think is going to be the fan favorite on Friday? <laughs> It's tough to say, but I've had a lot of Irish people come up and, and uh, be very friendly and, and say they're rooting for me and, and uh, all that. So I know we got, I know we have quite a few Irish fans, but he's European and he's from this way and, and stuff. So I would expect for him to be the fan favorite for sure. I wonder about that. Like when you guys are out on the street, are a lot of people coming up to you? Oh, all the time, yeah. Pictures and like we're rooting for you. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna try to imitate yeah, the, yeah, no, no. the accent, but I feel like you're gonna get just love. going on, man. And yeah, yeah. It's you know what? It, it, one thing I have heard a lot about the Irish fans is you know they respect the athletes and the fighters and and stuff. And a little different from some of the like American fans who might get a little ruckus or raucous and talk some shit during the fight. And so I'm. I, Everywhere you go, there's going to be some of that. But I have always heard that the, the Irish fans are, are pretty respectable and they're just crazy and, and love to see violence. Yes. I mean, they're, they're a part of the attraction as well. Like, I'm looking forward to this card to see this fight and the other fights, but I'm also looking forward to just experiencing that crowd, at least from home, because they were amazing the last time Bellator had a show there. Um, life in Florida, are you, are, you, are you set? Are you settled? Do you feel like you're never going back to the, the West Coast again? Like, is this home for you? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we uh, we've got a house that's uh, being fixed up right now. It's almost done. We look forward to getting back to that once we get back into to Florida. And uh, yeah, I mean, I man, I'm so thankful and, and grateful for my journey in the Pacific Northwest and in Portland and with Fabiano Scherner and and Shale and all those guys, Ed Herman. But uh, you know, this is just where my career needs to go. And and uh, I, I love it so much. I love Florida. It's like, you know, the, you can't beat the weather, but on top of that, just my coaches and teammates there, it's, it's amazing. And, and a, a lot of times I think back like, damn it, I wish I would have came back a little or went to Florida a little earlier in my career or whatever, but I, I think it's worked out perfect. And, and uh, I went at the right time and, and uh, I was there to get prepared for this moment. 
Another uh, famous ATT fighter, Jorge Masvidal, is fighting next weekend in a massive fight. Have you trained with him at all as you were both preparing for a fight around the same time? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we definitely did a little bit, but more so he had some specific, you know, obviously two different fighters that, that were fighting. And, and uh, you know, as I had my own, like, specific stuff going on. But, uh, I mean, right next to each other almost every day and, and uh, all that. So it's another guy, man. I'm looking forward to, to his fight for sure. Is there a different vibe? Uh, this one, this fight is a very personal one. You've got a title fight. Um, there's always, like, a big fight, it seems, at ATT. But, like, right now, did you feel like there was a bit of a different vibe? Maybe because the Masvidal-Covington fight is a bit of a turf war and it's very personal to the gym. Did it feel different at the gym at all or is that just something that, you know, the media thinks about and it's kind of business as usual regardless of who's fighting who? I think business as usual. Like, if I was going to pinpoint one of the two options, um, obviously, you know, we're one of the best gyms in the world for a reason and it's business first and, and going out and taking care of that. So uh, not a whole lot of, like, extra, you know, stuff going on the only difference is every time i walk in if kayla harrison's there she she starts yelling here comes the champ and uh. you know kind of acting a fool and, and all that but uh she's a good good hype woman for the gym and and uh for the people coming up with fights and stuff so that is amazing um, yeah j- just business man yeah everyone's you know we know what the task at hand is and, and just going over and, and taking care of it by the way, I have a bit of a bone to pick with you. Um, I saw your latest yes. video blog that uh, Paige just posted a few minutes ago, and you're cutting your hair oh. outside. You're shaving your head, which I respect. Yeah. I do that as well. I shave my own head, but you're just kind of like yep. looking at yourself through the the like the the glass door. Not you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You're looking at your reflection, and then unless there's an edit. You just put your clothes on after? Don't you have like hair all? Don't you need to take a shower? You just put your clothes on? What's oh, up with come that? On. Come on, Aaron. You know, buddy. Yeah, I, I, uh, a little shave job outside, and then I go in, and clean it up with the, the, uh, you know, like the little lineup. Yeah. Ones, and then, uh, and then take a shower, and I'm good to go. Oh, you, you did honestly, take a shower. Okay, okay. Because I, it looked to me with yes, the cut, it looked course. like you put just the clothes on. I was like, what? It was making me feel itchy just watching you put the clothes on right after the shaving. I wasn't sure if you were that kind of guy. I know there are some I'll talk, people. I'll talk to my editor about yeah. that and have her have her make sure next time. <laughs> the that shower she, scene she is in it. it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, honestly, I had just gotten a, a really nice haircut, but it was a little longer than I wanted, and I got home, and so I I got to shave it. So really all the like fine work was done. All the, the uh, my neck was lined up, everything. I just had to go give, just shave off the top. Why do you play video games naked? Uh, I wouldn't say that I necessarily play video games naked. <laughs> uh, there I mean, was, I've, I've like, seen visual evidence like of this. Regular, it, it's not a regular occurrence, but uh, but there has been times where it's like, all right, I get home from training. Uh, maybe my brother's like getting on in Alaska and he's got to be to work at like 9 a.m. and he's hopping on to play for a couple hours at 7 a.m., whatever the time. And, and so I hop on, I take all my clothes off, our wash machines right there. I shit naked really quick. I turn everything on and then I go like in between games and, oh, and uh, okay. put clothes on. But uh, right. 
Yeah, come on, man. You can't you can't believe everything that All right, you're okay, seeing, fine. Right? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> come you. on, Ariel. I don't know. I mean, I'm yeah, a very yeah. gullible guy. I see that and I believe it. Well, I you mean, are. I am very gullible. You wow. Are. You're, what are you trying to say? Yes, Everything yes. is smoke and mirrors online? Is that what you're trying to say? We shouldn't believe any of this? No, 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 not at all. But uh, let you know. I feel yeah. you. I feel you. Um, okay, so Friday night, it's a classic striker versus grappler match but you have evolved quite nicely as a striker as well. I saw him talk to the media in Ireland earlier today. You know, he expects that you're going to try to take him down. Um, and he d- it didn't seem to me like he's got something in store for you. Like it's, it's, it's going to be a fair, he, all he said was he's stronger than ever. And he feels like he's got like superhuman strength, all that type. But are, are you feeling like this is vintage Gegard Musasi? No surprises. The guy's been around. You know what you're going to get. You've seen enough of him. You just have to be the better man on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I expect the the best Gegard Musasi that there's been. So, um, you know, not a not a whole lot of surprises, and you know, we know what he is, and he's he's tough in every single aspect of the the sport, and all all he's about as well rounded of a fighter as you can get. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just my job with our our preparation, how we're getting ready for the fight to to go out and take care of business. You know what's the crazy thing about Gegard? And, you know, it, it's unfortunate. I was thinking of who Izzy might be fighting next, right? And I'm saying going into this yeah. fight. We'll see what happens Friday. But who Izzy might be fighting next? Like, we're talking about, you know, Sean Strickland and uh, Jared Cannonier, and he just fought Robert Whitaker. Honestly, I put Gegard Musasi up there if not above, all those names. Like, I think you can make a very strong case that he's the second best middleweight in the world, regardless of the, of of, uh, of organization. You can maybe even argue the number one. Like, you can make that argument. And I don't feel like enough people make that argument. I don't feel like enough people talk about him in that light. Do you feel like he is underrated as well? That people, like, you look at what he's done, 11 of 12 he's won. You look at how long he's been fighting. This guy's a freaking legend. And other than the, the, the majority draw loss... Or whatever it was to you know to Lovato Jr., he's been perfect since his loss to Uriah Hall. Yeah, no, I mean I've said it before, like going out there and getting the the title and, and winning this. It's like, man, I mean this could this could make me the best middleweight in the world, and and uh, I don't mean it like lighthearted lightly at all because I feel the same way. If you look at him, like he he very well could be like you said, the second best, if not the best middleweight in the world right now. And uh, I just, I kind of think it's funny and ironic that, you know, with the, with how my career has gone and how, uh, you know, I didn't get into the UFC on the contender series and, and all this. Now I'm fighting a guy like Gegard Musasi for the, the world title, you know, and I go on and I win this on Friday and, you know, then my name has got to be put up in that, that area too. And, and, uh, it's just crazy to me, and and that's that's what excites me, and that's what you know makes me so. It's just it's hard to explain the the feeling just going into Friday night and going and and uh, doing my photo shoots with the belt, and and I just I can't picture leaving Ireland without that without the wow. world title, and, and I'm excited for it. Is that weird to take the photos with the belt? Like hockey players won't touch the Stanley Cup before they actually win it. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, it's not weird to me. I'm just, I just envision it. I mean, it just gives me more, more motivation and, and just, you know, that's, this is how it feels and this is what I want. And, uh, you know, I know what I'm going out and working for on Friday. 
And and as far as like what you visualize, how the fight goes, what what are you expecting? How do you how do you foresee it going down? I mean, it's gonna be a tough fight. It's gonna it's gonna take the best me going out and and uh, putting on our game plan that we have and and uh, you know. But I foresee myself winning it, and I I really I can't picture it going any other way. And that's that's how I've been my whole career, and that's you know it's it's not gonna stop now. And and uh, he's he's done his things, and he's he's earned the right to to be the world champ and and be there. But I truly in my heart feel like it's my time now and and uh you know i'm gonna go out and take care of it on friday do you still use contender series as motivation does it still fuel you uh no i mean not really i only bring it up uh just just for a storyline for for you and and all that and but really i mean i I, i'm so thankful for where i'm at in in my career and in life right now that I honestly, it's a blessing and, and all that. I mean, we get into this sport to compete against the best guys in the world and, and to see if you're the best in the world and, and, uh, whether it's Izzy or, or Gegard, you know, win over either of those guys, you're one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world. And so I'm, I put myself in the prime position and, and just where I wanted to be. And, and, uh, yeah, so no, no hard feelings, no, uh, no added motivation from that. I haven't even thought about the contender series until I just brought it up oh, right okay. now. This is I was even going to bring I've, it up. I've even thought about it. Yeah. No, I mean, this is the first time I've even thought about it in like months. So, um, yeah, I just, I just, I know what I got to go do on Friday and I'm excited to go do it. And by the way, in conclusion, uh, speaking of not bringing things up, there's no more Mr. Van Zandt out of me, by the way. You, you like I. Sw- I hope you noticed that. Why? I don't do. Why? I don't. I don't yeah, you know why? what? I, out of respect, you know, I felt like it was a good thing. Why are you? Oh, okay. You want it back? I was doing it out of respect for you. Oh, uh, I just don't care. I, 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 I accepted it out of you, and I really, I thought that was kind of a funny little bond we had. Okay. But oh I, man. I see. You know I what? Can I bring it back? It. Am I allowed to bring it back? <laughs> I don't want to succumb. Of course, I used man. to get yeah, so much crap for it, and I was like, I wasn't sure. Am I insulting him? Am I not? Oh, I thought it was a good gimmick for you you wear it proudly you wear the shirt it's funny man yeah okay all right mr van zandt yeah, it's like back it. it's funny yeah. okay all right yeah, it's back buddy mr van zandt's gonna win the world title on friday night and shove it down everyone's face there you go buddy let's yeah. go good luck to you austin thank you for doing this my friend good luck with thank the weight cut much. good luck on yep. friday can't wait for it and uh say hello to Paige as well yep i will yeah take care man good to see you again Always, always a pleasure. There he is, Austin Vanderfort, a.k.a. Mr. Van Zant. I'm sorry. I said, you know, he reaches a point in his career, I'm going to drop it. And I thought he reached a point in his career, and I decided to drop it. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. 
so there's a lot of interesting things on this card and the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet five bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And apparently that was a mistake. So I'm bringing it back. Mr. Van Zant. This Friday. What a scene it's going to be. Bellator 275 at the Tree Arena, a.k.a. the Three Arena over in uh, Dublin. We were going to get Peter Queeley on the card, but unfortunately he's out. So the new main event, co-main event, I should say, is uh, Liam McCord against Sinead Kavanaugh, which according uh, to my good friend Pizzi, uh, I mean, that is the one that everyone's buying tickets for. That's the big one. And that starts at 1 p.m. Eastern here in America on Showtime. And if you remember the card back in November, that was my crowd of the year. Remember? And Queeley was my walkout of the year. Bum, we're not getting that because, of course, when he walks out, we get, what's in your hand, in your hand, zombie, 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 eh. In your head. You have to do the little voice crack. That's key. 48 7 and 2. Gegar Musasi. What a legend. Coming off a win over John Salter back in August. It was a very dominant uh, win, in my opinion. For a minute there, Salter was kind of hanging around, but then it was like, all right, it's time for you know the dream catcher to take over. And you look at his run win over Salter, win over Douglas Lima, win over Leo Machida the majority decision loss to Lovato Jr. But then the win over McDonald, the win over Carvalho, the win over Schlemenko, the win over Weidman, the win over Hall, the win over Belfort, the win over Santos, the win over Talis Ladies. Last loss was in 2015. By my calculations, he's won 11 of his last 12. And yet, for some reason, let me go look at what my friends over at MMA Fighting, for some reason, we don't rank him as one of the, uh, the very best. We don't talk about him, I should say, when we talk about the very best. And I think that's a crime. Oh, they have, okay, respect. See, this is why I love him. They have him in their pound-for-pound pound rankings, number 20. I think you can make a case for a little bit higher. Wait, wait, wait. And then as far as the divisional rankings are concerned, this is a great thing. They do a podcast, A.K. Lee, Shaheen, 
uh, for middleweight, they have him at number three. Okay, okay. See, see, this is why MMA fighting number one, number three. All right, fair. We can live with that. Although I think you can make a case even higher. I think you can make that case. Without further ado, though, let us say hello to the legend himself, the dream catcher, the man who will be headlining Bellator 275 this Friday, the one and only Gegard Musasi. There he is. Hello, Gegard. Hey, how are you? Wait, wait, wait. What happened? I, I lost you there. The, the internet crapped out on oh. us. What did you say? The shooting what? Uh, I was kidding. I, thought, I said they were shooting here, but everything is safe in Dublin. You can come. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'll be there, but I'll be watching. Are you relaxing? Uh, let me ask yeah. you the same question that I just I just talked to Austin, your opponent on Friday. Yeah. And I feel guilty. I have a lot of Jewish guilt, Gegard, because it occurred to me it's 630 in Ireland. You got the weigh-ins tomorrow. You probably don't want to do this right now. I'm annoying you. Is this annoying for you? No, you haven't had me on your show for a long time you made it big uh, you forget you forget the strikers interviews everything no I don't, that... I, I don't see my doll there yeah, do you have a doll no they didn't make it i'm not popular <laughs> enough <laughs> come on i bet in holland someone like a local guy has made a doll of yours a bobblehead something no never some kinky stuff but not uh, for selling <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, this is great. You know, I wanted to ask you, Gegard, which Gegard are we getting today? Because sometimes we get the mad Gegard, sometimes we get the funny Gegard, sometimes we get the dry, kind of serious business Gegard. I feel like we're getting the, yeah. the, the funny Gegard today. This is good. I like this. Yeah, there's a couple inside. They're uh, pushing to come out. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel? You, are you in a good uh, good state of mind, good spirits? You're, you're, you're liking yeah, Ireland? Ireland is nice, you know. Uh, except McGregor is a piece of shit. But, what? Uh, <laughs> Why? What did he do to you? He texted me a long time ago. He was uh, cursing me. But uh, that's a long story. It's not important anymore. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm making weight. So I'm not, you know, I'm not that happy. But Yeah. How much more do we have to go? To, to 13 14 pounds oh my is that is that usual for you at this point oh i'm cutting 20 but uh 22 will be so gegar we just you're in the hotel right now right yes i just spoke literally just hung up with austin his Wi-Fi connection was perfect. Your Wi-Fi connection sucks. That leads me to believe you bought the cheap right. Wi-Fi. Did you buy the cheap Wi-Fi? No, Is that I, what happened here? Because I have black hair. They're discriminating, uh, Ariel. <laughs> it's everywhere the same. Come on. You're, you're, you're cutting out every two seconds. His was flawless. You chose the cheaper option, right? It's, it's the same Wi-Fi. It's free. But I don't... Uh, this is crazy. Are you on Wi-Fi or, or are you on like uh, LTE or four? I'm on Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Do you want to try not no Wi-Fi? Uh, yeah, let me try. Not let me try. I mean, this is this is why I don't have you on the show, Gagard. You come with bad Wi-Fi. For real? <laughs> Where are you? I don't see you. Oh, you have to go. <laughs> you have to go back. Uh, show show the people what we're looking. Disappeared. I've disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> I could just talk to your name. I see uh, you. You can see me well now. Let's see. Okay, let's oh, try. Yeah, now I see. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think this is going to be better. Now you're off Wi-Fi. It's better, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm off uh, Wi-Fi. Yes. <laughs> By the way, um, <laughs> Gegard, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. March 12, 2005. What do you remember of that of that day? Do you remember anything about March 12, 2005? I don't remember what I did yesterday, but uh, I think uh, you prefer to King Mo. No, what? Two thousand five. Uh, I don't know. I mean, no uh, rings. Oh, interview. No, not interview. Man, rings Bushido Ireland. Gegard's first fight in Ireland against. Oh no! Yeah. Who's it against? Some Irish guy, I think. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I, I couldn't even do an armbar, and I did an armbar on him. So, <laughs> uh, John Donnelly was but, his uh, name. Yeah, John Donnelly. That sounds familiar. But uh, I remember it was like six thousand people, uh, and then they were making a lot of noise. So I was impressed by that. And then uh, you had the main event. The guy didn't come out, and then some guy came in the ring and said, "Well, he made extra cost for training and this and stuff." And then the ring announcer said, hey, come fight. We pay you the extra cost. Don't worry. He said, I'm not, I'm not coming. So the main event didn't happen. It was just, uh, wow. yeah, the, you know, it was, he, I think he, he got scared to fight and he didn't show up. But uh, that was funny. Wow. So that was your first, and you won via armbar in a minute, 12 seconds, and you had no idea what you were doing. It says a lot about John Donnelly. Yes. Jesus uh, Jesus was with me that day. <laughs> and, and, and then you fought in... Uh, in Belfast as well, Northern Ireland, several years later against Uriah Hall. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, that I remember. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I saw that you told the media earlier, you were like, oh, I fought in Ireland twice. Technically, I think it's two separate entities, right? So technically, I think you only fought in Ireland once. I don't want to get too polite. Why? Is it the, the North Ireland different? It's different, yes. I don't want you to get in trouble over there. Oh, you're getting too technical now. Uh, I really, you know, it's the same shit. Uh, oh, not, not, not like that. But it's the same thing, you know. Oh, my God. This is great. Um, it's, okay, so... Uh, they speak Irish, right? So it's the same thing. They, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, who do you think yeah. gets cheered more on Friday? You, the, the legend, or Austin, the social media superstar? He's not a social uh, <laughs> social superstar. <laughs> his wife is. I didn't check his. Uh, yeah, his wife is the guy that makes sexy pictures. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> you don't want to see a sex uh, Musashi sex tape. Did you, you want to see it? <laughs> is there one? Is there one floating around? Is it? <laughs> no, there's. Uh, I'll, I'll delete it. But. Uh, do you follow him on? <laughs> <laughs> I can do that too, you know. But uh, no, he's a. Uh... No, I checked his Instagram twice to see what he's up to. But <laughs> <laughs> what did you see? But uh, no, I don't follow him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think the crowd will be on my side because uh, my friends are coming, and it's uh, near Holland, and I'm coming with a. Uh, uh, a music, uh, song that I'm coming out to, I think people are gonna like it. Oh, yeah, what is it? I'm gonna stuck on uh, some Irish uh, people, uh, suck up, yeah, suck up. That's smart, and Irish people it, to have them on my side. Is it zombie? Are you gonna come out to zombie? Zombie song, 
Yeah, no, the cranberries. They love that song. Okay, sorry. All right, fine, fine, sorry. Who's that? Nima. Yeah, Nima is here. He's trying to pull all the strings. Okay, I He's understand. He's whispering things in my ear. <laughs> uh, do you usually spy? <laughs> hey, there he is. There he is, Nima. What's happening? Always uh, working hard. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't get many sponsors. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe you can get me sponsors, Ariel. I saw you got eight man. You got eight man. Yeah, eight man is good. Eight man helped you. Black Asset. Black Asset is also sponsoring me. Oh, wow. And X Marshall also. Look Thank you, guys. <laughs> You are you into that whole Bitcoin thing? You're into that? Well, I lost seven thousand, uh, um, so I, I wasn't very successful. <laughs> Just seven thousand is nothing for you. You've, I mean, that's pocket change for you. Yeah, still, yeah, I'd rather spend it on something else. But um, sure, it's it's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah, okay. don't do it. What about NFTs? You like NFTs? Oh, do it! Do it! Do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what <laughs> oh my god this is amazing um <laughs> please do buy some more <laughs> sure 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 especially go to block asset to buy it um do you usually like to spy on your opponent during training camp i think that they're gonna cut off my payment no now, no no uh, no I, I know those guys that's darren till and those guys cut this part off no darren till well we're live right now right, so no you, problem. yeah um do you usually like to spy yeah. on your opponent on social media <laughs> Uh, I was uh, I was just checking if he uh, he was on the juice. Oh. And uh, he didn't look juiced up, so yeah, because sometimes they juice up. Yeah. And they look like a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> this has been something that you've been fighting. You've been fighting this fight for a very long time. Do you do you feel like I mean he's uh, a yeah, I, it, it, big guy? No, I don't think he's on uh, steroids. Okay, good. Yeah. Do you follow his wife? <laughs> No, but I've some, seen some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Ariel, I don't want to say bad stuff. Don't, don't no, 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 no. Me into, okay, uh, so I'm, thing, I'm not know? doing anything. We're having a great no, time. No, I don't. I don't want to get in trouble. You know, I, you know. Listen, you It's private business with Vanderford. You know, so. By the way, you know, but I've seen pictures. Yeah. Just for the record, it's not that private. I don't know if you know this, but it's kind of out there. Yeah, okay, it's not private anyway. Yeah, it's not private. But the, I, I don't like to, you know, sure, talk sure. about the wife and uh, stuff. Well, and stuff yeah. I think he likes. It. Actually, I used to call him Mr. Van Zant, and people would yeah. give me crap for that. He loved it, and then. On the interview yeah. just now, I said, you know what? I'm not calling you Mr. Van Zandt anymore. I don't want to disrespect you. He's like, no, I love it. I love when people call me Mr. Yeah. Van Zandt. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Yeah. Uh, I can imagine a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever take the name of your... Yeah, I should get my own comedy show. You're don't amazing, you Gagar. Where have you been? You I'm, don't come I'm on my show. I'm on fire today. Yeah? You're, you're on fire. This is great. Sometimes it's like... Oh, you the... don't invite me anymore, you know. <laughs> You get those boring, uh, boring uh, fighters. I know. I agree. A lot of them are very boring. I'm uh, scaling up my payment. You know. I hear you. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so let me ask you: in in Ireland, did you see the buses with your face on and everything? That was pretty cool, right? It's a big deal there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty proud of that, you know. And then uh, uh, they're gonna air it on BBC for yeah. the first time. Uh -huh. So um, that's something uh, new and uh, be, uh, the first, uh, I'm the first guy to be on the BBC uh, pro podcast. Oh, wow. Cool. So pretty proud of those things. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I, w I was thinking about this as I was you coming. You want to see uh, the big brother? Yeah, sure. Where is it? 
I, the big moose. There he is. Oh, it's a nice room you have. Wow. Hello. Okay. Wow. What do we got there? What did he yeah, bring? They, yeah, they upgraded me this time. Uh, this, uh, what is this? I didn't get last time. I, I'm, uh, I have a suite now, Ariel. Look at you. Do you believe that? You made it. Yeah. I made it, yes. I didn't realize we. I didn't realize we had such a big audience. The They're burning a little bit now. No, they love you. Yeah, I'm. A, I have an entourage nowadays. Uh. <laughs> how do, how are they treating you there at Bellator? <laughs> Bellator, excellent. Yeah, nothing to complain. You know, uh, unfortunately, I fought twice last two years. Uh, I would have loved to fight more, but uh, you know, it's pandemic. Uh, but they're. But they're gonna keep me busy this year three times. Nice. And I wanna fight Anderson Silva oh. in boxing. Wow. So I have to say to my manager, we're gonna push for that fight. You Anderson, don't run away from me. I love that. You're being serious? Yeah, boxing, boxing. Yeah. I, I, you know it's showtime. Anderson is doing boxing. Yeah. And boxing, if I beat him, is not that bad. MMA, I think is Oh. How could the internet the internet failed us right at the best moment. Gegard Musasi calling out Anderson Silva in a boxing match. I'd sign up for that. Gegard didn't pay for the he didn't pay for the high level internet. There's an option. You could go like four ninety five usually. Nine ninety five. Should we reconnect with him? He's definitely not on the phone, I'll tell you that much. Oh, hey, I'm here, Ariel. You're back. You you're back, Gegard. You were you were cutting yeah. a great promo on Anderson Silva, and then it just died on us. Do it again. I shot a I shot at him. Yeah, do it again. Do it again. Now it's up to him. You know. You want to fight him in boxing in a in a boxing match? Why not MMA? Yeah, why not? I think uh, it's, uh, it's not very interesting. Is I think MMA he has lost, but the boxing is still winning. Uh, so I think it's different and it's more entertaining. You know. Wow. Have you thrown this out there? Have you floated the idea to anyone, or is this kind of the first time? Yeah, a couple uh, to Scott and Showtime and to you now. I love it. And some interviews. Yeah, we're pushing for it. Oh, I thought this was like an exclusive for us. I guess not. You always uh, come out with uh, news, uh, like when my fight is or how much I get paid, you get me always in trouble. No. What? Me? You're, you're, a, you're a good reporter, but not good for me. <laughs> how much, Are you getting paid well for this you, one? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy. How I'm many happy. fights left with Bellator? Six. What? That many? How many did you sign for? Or did you just resign? Eight. Oh, you just you resigned not that long ago. They were paying me good enough, and I said, eh, make it more. Okay. And so you think you'll retire with them? Yeah, 100%. I was, I was just thinking about this, as I was saying earlier. Why don't we talk about you? We talk about Izzy, and then we start talking about these other guys. Why don't we talk about Gegard as one of the best middleweights in the world? Why is that? Uh, I, you know, I don't think back then I was at the best, but, you know, I hadn't... Uh, at this moment, uh, for this fight especially, I am I feel like the best middleweight mm. because uh, the things that I'm doing in training, I, I can say I'm top three middleweight at least. You know, the problem is I cannot fight the number one and two guys. So, but 100% uh, in the top three. And uh, 
back then I never said oh, I'm uh, the best middleweight because I didn't feel like that. But today, because of Jesus Christ, I mm -hmm. let him in my heart, and they gave me special powers. I'm uh, I'm twice stronger, okay, faster, better conditioned. It's all in the vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> Are you religious now, Gagar? <laughs> yes. No, and I'm not religious. Oh, okay. Religion, uh, why? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you said Have Jesus you seen Christ. God? Uh, I, yeah, I was making fun of... Uh, no, I, yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, I've not seen God, but I feel like I can speak to him sometimes. Yes. But not, yeah, not, but that's not the Jesus. Brain play, that's, your, that's your brain playing with your, uh, with your mind. You think so? Yeah, I have it also. I, uh, sometimes I think, oh, I'm, uh, you know, things happen for a reason. And then you fall down a well and you die. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, are, you, are you, okay, uh, let me ask you this. Are you better than Robert Whitaker? Uh, yeah, 100% I can beat him. Okay. Hundred percent, Israel also. You know, I, I you know, he did kickboxing with guys that uh, did well or won from him. I trained with those guys, and I get the better of them stand up. Hundred percent. So, it, you know, it's it's it doesn't make sense to talk about Whitaker or uh, Israel at the same because those matchups are not going to happen. But I think it's good actually for Bellator and for you to have those debates for the longest time. Bellator's champion couldn't be debated alongside the UFC champion. I think in the middleweight yeah. division, you can you can say with a straight face, I'll take the Bellator guy. You can make that argument. You can't say yeah. that all the time. And I think that's very important for the organization as they strive to gain more respect. Yeah, but, you know, you have to understand the promotion is bigger, so they promote... Uh, you, you saw you saw Strikeforce fighters. Yeah. They were saying, oh, UFC fighters are better. Oh, Verdum got to become champion, DC was champion, Luke Rockhold got to be champion. Yeah. Who else? Ronda. Ronda, you know, you name it. The, the, the Strikeforce guys were doing very well. Right. So it's just that people see UFC, it's a big brand, and uh, they think, oh, the fighters in different promotion are not equal. Right. Did you watch this fight last week, two weeks ago? I skipped a lot. Uh, You're bored? You know, uh, not not bored, but I didn't have time. Well, it was in the middle I'm of the busy, night. Uh, I'm busy. Uh, what were you doing? I'm busy watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, oh There's better things on the internet, Ariel. I don't know. If I you had. Know a, it. I don't know. I know nothing of that. Uh, I had a good follow-up joke to that <laughs> comment right there, but I'm going to keep it to myself. Are you still living? Uh, are you still living on the farm? Yeah, yeah. How is it? Same thing. It's uh, great. It's great. Um, Family's yeah. all there together. Yeah. Still there, yeah. Everyone is there. Thank God. How Everyone is healthy. Thank God. And and what about the animals? Yeah. No animals. Uh, I bought a BB gun. I shoot on some rabbits, <laughs> but they run away. They were, I couldn't. <laughs> How many people live there? My brother shot a, a eagle. Wow, that's actually impressive. <laughs> and then what do you do with it? We buried it. Oh, jeez. Not gonna eat it. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what you guys do over there. Uh, I don't know what the delicacies he was are. Pooping all over our, our house. Oh my gosh! And so he shot it. 
uh, was, the, the eagle was pooping in our. Uh, <laughs> it was pooping in our uh, backyard. He, he had to poop. <laughs> he shouldn't come to our uh, area, you know. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Where is it? Is it in Amsterdam? No, it's in uh, Leidop. It's uh, like a village. Okay. How far is it from actual? Yeah, everything is close to Amsterdam. It's like 30 minutes. Holland is like two hours drive from everywhere. Okay, all right. Um, wow. And how many people live there? Uh, seven, sometimes nine. It depends on who comes and stays. Okay. Seven, nine. By the way, Gegard, since it's such a, um important topic for you like for this fight were you drug tested uh no not yet but they're gonna when uh before the fight i think but doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose Ariel, i'm gladly piss in someone's mouth <laughs> they're not gonna find anything no 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 <laughs> but but it doesn't it honestly doesn't it defeat they, the purpose yeah to do it right before yeah, the fight because no, then you go no, out and fight was, the, no the, there was a surprise test but uh, unfortunately, they called me. They wanted to do a surprise test. I said, I'm all available. Come and, come and uh, do anything you want. But uh, because Holland was in lockdown, they couldn't do it. Oh, geez. Because everything was closed. But uh, IP anywhere you want, Ariel. Yeah. No problem with that. <laughs> I'm not down with that. I'm not down with I don't know about you. But what do they call those? Golden showers or something? I'm not down with that. I don't know if you... Uh... Yeah, don't worry. I'm not on juice. I'm a Jesus no, juice. I get it. I get it. But my point is, someone who cares so much about drug testing, you would think that yeah, you... I, I think... Yeah, but if they wanted to drug test me, they probably have drug tested uh, Vanderford. Right. So, but the U.S. was open, so probably they uh, tested him. So yeah. they do random tests. So okay. I'm happy with that. And do these fights, like, you know, you fight John Salter, Austin Vanderford... You know, great young fighters, but you know you have fought some legends. Is it hard for you initially to get up for these fights because their name isn't as big as your name? No, because he has certain things he does well. His takedown is very good. He's a good wrestler. So if I don't train well enough, you know, it could it could get me in trouble. Uh, and he's uh, like I said, he's a younger, upcoming guy fighting for the belt. Feels he has to prove something, so he's confident. I have to take him serious. He's uh, maybe, you know, I fought big names, but some big names I've defeated in one minute. Mm -hmm. And then uh, some guys that I thought I'm going to beat the shit out of them. And then it went three rounds. I had a hard fight. Mm -hmm. Because every fight is different. So I, I don't say, think any, it's not like I'm not motivated. Okay. You, do you like his uh, neck tattoo? I wouldn't get it personally, but... <laughs> Faces are different. That's right. I mean, it's right there. The eyes, like staring you right in the face. Yeah, but uh, probably he doesn't need to get a job, so for him is no problem. Well, at some point in life, right? You you don't have any tattoos, right? No, I wanted to get some, but uh, after uh, like when I was depressed, I was thinking to get a tattoo, and after I got better, I said, "Fuck that shit." <laughs> What were you depressed about? <laughs> well, I had my knee surgery. Uh, I was depressed. Uh, uh, something happened to a close friend. Oh, I'm sorry. And then 
and all of those stuff. And then, but at the end, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought, you know, when was it's, that? It's uh, yeah, nothing for me, you know. How long ago was that? What? When you were going through this? Oh no, the the other one I don't want to talk about, but the the knee injury is a couple of years ago. Okay. The other one. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I get it. Uh, uh, I yeah. do have to ask you though before I let you go, Gegard. What happened with uh, Conor McGregor? I mean, you brought it up, so I feel like I'd be remiss. It's a long time ago. He, in some interview, I, I said uh, they don't know who's the real fighter because the, I was saying on Instagram, Mayweather and Conor, they were all you know talking about money and everything is a uh, you know uh, it's all all watch and uh, stuff. And I said I said something about that, and the idiot uh, sent me a private message. Uh, no, actually, he sent it to my manager because I don't do Twitter. But uh, that that was it. And then uh, I said to manager, write something uh, back, something like that. What Do you remember what he wrote? He's a, bit, uh, he's, a, he's a moron. Do you remember what he wrote? He said, don't talk, don't bring my name in your mouth. And I said, you're a ginger-headed fuck. And then some ginger guy wrote to me, you inf- uh, insulted gingers. I'm not your fan anymore. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> you can't say anything anymore. This cancel culture. You cannot even show your dick to women. No, listen. And they're going to cancel you. I would not. I would not. I would not advocate that you do that. Um, so no more. It's still, still no Twitter, right? Do you use Instagram or what? I don't know. Uh, you're afraid to get fired? Which company um, are you working for? I'm working for a lot of them. Uh, I'm, no, I'm not afraid to get fired. I'm independent Helwani. You haven't heard, Gegard? Uh, I, I marched to the beat of my yeah, own I, drum. Yeah, I'm happy for you. you. You you've been doing this for a long time. You deserve it. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Uh, but you're on Instagram. That's you, or yeah. or you don't do that also? Instagram is me. Okay. The rest I don't know. All right. I like I love you have one of the great Instagram names at Musasi. I don't know how you got that, but it's clean. Just your, I mean, it's pretty legendary. Yeah, that's all. I just I wanted think, to thank uh, you. For my this. friend made it that one for me. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to give you props to you and your friend. Um, all right, so it goes thank, down Friday, thank. Uh, February twenty fifth. I can't wait. What an appearance this is, Gegard. I feel like we always, you know, Nima was telling me, oh, this is a little too close to the Wayans. I actually think it's better when it's closer to the Wayans because you're a little loopy. This is good stuff. <laughs> You're a little drunk. Not enough oxygen to my brain. <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh, no, I'm in a good mood. I still have to do the heavy part, but I will make it. I never miss weight. And then uh, it's time to kick ass. I wish you the best. I'll let you go cut weight. Uh, thank you, Gegard. Good luck to you on Friday. Hello? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you froze up. You Best. can see. Good. Thank you, Ariel. Thank Good luck you. to you. Good luck to you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Great to talk to you. There he is. Bye-bye. The legend. The dream catcher. What an appearance. Wow. As I was saying to him, like, sometimes you get, you know, sometimes you get spicy musasi. Sometimes you get, you know, kind of business as usual musasi. Sometimes you get funny musasi. I mean, that was that was incredible. That was amazing stuff. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. 
That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Wow, I, I was openly crying from that. What a character. One of those guys that's really come into his own uh, as of late, as a as a personality. But he has been doing this for so long. If you're a newer MMA fan, 2003 was his first MMA fight. 2003. We are approaching 20 years of Musasi in our lives. 48-72 as an MMA fighter, as a kickboxer. Five wins, three TKO. TKO, what about that? You know what? I would watch Gegard Musasi versus Anderson Silva in a boxing match. Sign me up for that. I would watch that. Musasi versus Anderson Silva in a boxing match. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Anderson Silva. He had a lot of momentum after that win over uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Then he had the uh, the Tito Ortiz win. And that was, what, November? October? October, November? I think October. And we haven't really heard much from him since. I know his son is training Khalil. But I'd like to see Anderson pick it up. He had an amazing 2021. In fact, he was my uh, comeback fighter of the year. And, you know, I know there's a lot of new fans out there. You know, it's amazing to me. You know, you do this show and fans are like, uh, where's the uh, the UFC fighters? Uh, not a single UFC fighter on today's show, and that was just totally by coincidence. But if you don't respect Gegar Musasi, if you don't know who Gegar Musasi is, if you don't understand what kind of a legend this man is, fighting, as I said, since 2003 for pretty much every promotion under the sun, from Deep to Pride to M1, Hardcore, Championship Fighting, Dream, Strike Force. Dynamite, remember that in 2009, Gary Goodridge, Strikeforce Dream, Strikeforce Dream, UFC, Bellator. I mean, this guy has seen it all. He has done it all. Again, goes to my point that I keep bringing up time and time again. We don't do a good enough job of honoring the greats, honoring the legends. Who is Gegar Musasi in the NBA? I don't know. Is he... Uh, is he Allen Iverson? Is he someone like that? Who is Gary? I mean, he is a legend, an absolute legend, former Strike Force champion, former, uh, you know, UFC title contender, never won the belt in the UFC, middleweight champion for Bellator, dream champion as well. Like, man, it blows me away that there are, and, and it's not like he's over the hill. It's not like he's past his prime. The guy is 36. From Tehran, Iran. Anyway, that's the card this uh, Friday. 
That was fun having both guys fighting for the belt back to back. Uh, again, it starts at one o'clock on Showtime. Musasi versus Vanderford, Liam McCord versus Sinead Kavanaugh. You got Kieran Clark on the card as well. Brian Moore on the card. Brett Johns on the card. 13 fights total. And Kirill Sedelnikov on the card as well. It all goes down. Lee Hammond is a big-time prospect. Um, Nathan Kelly. So some good names. It's going to be a great scene. It's this Friday on Showtime. All right. Uh, Later in the program, we're going to be joined by David Feldman, who's the president and founder of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. He has a very big announcement to make And we will get to that at around 3 o'clock Eastern, so in about an hour. But first, let's talk to one of the big winners. And it was one of the great stories of this past weekend on the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships card. It was uh, Knuckle Mania 2, and Chad Money Mendez returned. We hadn't seen Chad Mendez in quite some time. In fact, the last time we saw him in action was December of 2018. He signs this deal with BKFC. And he wins via fourth-round TKO. It was a fantastic performance. He looked very comfortable there, a lot of power, a tremendous finish. And so I wanted to check in with Chad and see how it all went. Without further ado, let us say hello to Chad Mendez. There he is. What's up, Chad? How are you? Good, man. It's been way too long. Yes, sir. I'm doing great. I hope you are as well. Thank you so much for doing this. Congratulations on the win. Um... Can I ask just off the bat, because that stuff is is pretty brutal. Like, how are you feeling? I know we're a few days removed. How is your body? Yeah. How are your hands feeling? Um, I feel good, man. I got a little bit of a black eye, which I'll take that. No cuts, which is good. No stitches. Uh, I don't know if wow. you guys can see it. My yeah. hand's yeah. pretty bruised. Uh, Broken? This sucker was swollen pretty big after the fight. But I, I don't know. I haven't gotten an x-ray yet. Um, I mean, it's sore to touch, but it doesn't hurt. Okay. Uh, using it. I was shooting my bow yesterday, so Damn. we're good to go there. As long as I can do that, I'm fine. Was it tougher than you expected? No. Uh, no. I mean, I was preparing mentally for probably the hardest thing in my life, the hardest fight in my life, uh, hoping that it would be anything easier than that. Um, I just didn't know what to expect, what it was going to feel like, getting cut up. I, I, watching some of those fighters come out uh, from their fight back into the locker rooms before me was pretty, pretty crazy, man. Some people's eyes were completely shut gashes from one side of the face to the other. You know, I saw people get multiple stitches right there. Um, you know, so yeah, I was, I didn't really know what to expect getting in there, but, uh, all in all looking back on it now, uh, man, I, I think that was the probably most fun I've ever had through any training camp the best I've ever felt leading up to it. I don't feel like I was overtrained at all. Um, you know, it was a full year long, almost a year long process from when we started talking and I jumped right into training again, uh, to the actual fight. So it was a, the longest preparation for any one single fight that I'd had. Uh, but I think looking back on it, it was a good thing. I mean, we, we peaked and then I got to come down a little bit and kind of chill for a little bit. And then we peaked again and then came down and I feel like each time we just got better and better. I, I, I was obviously loving focusing specifically on boxing uh, and not having to really beat my body up a ton with all, all the grappling and kicks and all that stuff. It was just solely focused on on boxing, which was fun, and some strength and conditioning. So um, also went up a weight class. So I didn't have to kill myself cutting a ton of weight. I stuck to a very clean, specific diet through the whole time, but <clears throat> was eating a ton of food. 
um, which felt great. Um, and then getting in there and, and doing something that was completely new. Uh, there was, there was a really big excitement about it for me. I, I thought it was really fun. Um, and obviously the outcome was perfect in my favor. So, uh, you know, all in all, it was a good time. Okay. So, uh, a few follow-ups there. The first one I have is when you see the people you're getting ready and you see the people come to the back and they're all messed up and their faces are all bloody and cut up. Like, does that mess with your mind at all? Because you've never been through it. You don't know what to really expect, but you see them coming through. Do you start to yeah. overthink things a bit? Um, I, I, not overthink, but it's definitely something that's that sticks with you. I mean, my fight with Connor, uh, that fight right before me, was probably one of the most brutal, if not. I mean, you got a bobblehead of it right there. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right in front of you. Uh, there it is. You know, Lawler and and McDonald, and watching watching that fight right before I walked out with Connor was like. It really puts things into perspective. Like, holy shit, this is this is real. Like, you could really get hurt doing this, and this is about to go down. So, yeah, I mean, seeing those people come back with gashes all over their face and nose on the on the side of their face, and you know, eyes shut, and it's it's like, what the hell is about to happen? But you know, it's it's your fight, your your fight or flight that basically kicks in at that point, and you have to rely on you know all the training that you just put in, all the hard work, and. You know, as you know, going back now, you're going to get in there and, and let it rip. So, yeah, it's definitely something that sticks with you, Phil, for sure. Because it had been over three years since you last competed, did you feel super nervous? Like, did you feel like a rookie again? Did you feel like it was your debut? No, man. I, I, I leading up to it, probably expected to feel a little bit more nervous than I was. But um, obviously, there were some nerves, and there always is with every fight. But it wasn't an overwhelm, uh, overwhelming sense at all. It was... I felt confident. I felt, like I said, excited. Uh, you know, I just knew, obviously everybody has a puncher's chance in right. any, any boxing, you know, mixed martial arts sport, but knowing what I had put into that camp and how good I felt, there was no way that this guy was going to outwork me. Like his only chance of beating me was getting me, you know, just catching me with basically mm -hmm. something. So, you know, as long as I, I knew, as long as I stayed solid and focused through that whole fight and, stuck to the game plan. There's this guy wasn't going to beat me. Um, and having that mentality, I think, you know, it just, it was, it was nice. And and you mentioned it's the most fun you've ever had. Is that, is that yeah. accurate? Most fun. Why do you think that is? I mean, that's uh, a pretty big statement for a guy who's been in some big fights, big moments, yeah. the biggest stage, <laughs> most fun. I think it's, I think it's a mix of a couple of things. I think for me now fighting isn't something that I, have to do for money mm -hmm. you know fighting especially this fight was it's all a bonus it's just something i i still have that competitive drive and wanted to get back in there and compete again uh and so it was more i guess there was probably less weight on my shoulders you know it, it, the, like i said the pay part of it back in the mixed martial arts days where it's like if you lose you only get half your money yeah you know that weighs on you uh and you know, I didn't have the businesses. I have multiple businesses now outside of fighting that are doing well and are fun. And, you know, that's kind of like my bread and butter now. And like I said, this is just a bonus. So I think not having that pressure helped a lot. Um, and then also I think it's because you go through five, five round war with a guy like Aldo, you know, and, and get in there against a guy like Connor and, you know, you're fighting the best guys in the world and you're training for five, five minute rounds you know, doing 10 five-minute rounds in your training camp or whatever, you know, five two-minute rounds, 
it was, it wasn't difficult if, you know, I don't want to sound like arrogant or anything on that, but it wasn't hard. And it was something that it was enjoyable. I didn't have to like really crush my body through an entire, you know, 10 weeks of boxing, wrestling, jujitsu, kickboxing, strength and conditioning, working out three times a day, just because you have to focus on so many different things. Um, it was boxing and get in and do two, two and a half hours of training, uh, you know, and maybe mix in some strength and conditioning later in the day for an hour or something like that, or just do one solid two hour session of boxing training with a little bit of cardio or conditioning at the end of that. And it's like, that's it. Get to go home and be with my family and let my body rest up and heal. Um, so I, I think that played a little bit too into it, but all in all, it was just, it was just fun, man. I, I had, I had a good time going in there and competing again. It's been a while. Uh, like I said, when I retired, I didn't leave because I didn't think I could compete with the best. I know I still can I feel like I'm still in my prime. Uh, it just didn't make sense at that time for what I was getting paid. Uh, and so I stepped away from it, but I didn't lose that, that drive to compete at all. I still love doing it. And so I know you've talked about uh, the money a little bit. This was more than you made for any UFC fight. Yeah. Yep. In including was, Connor. That's true. Including Connor. A significant a amount more? more? Um, close to that, but yeah, more. Wow. Wow. And uh, it, does it like, how does that, how does that make you feel? Because obviously you've had some big, like, obviously you're happy yeah. about the money, but is there a part of you that's like, damn, you know, I should have done things, you know, I, I deserve to get a lot more back in the day for those big events. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I do think looking back now, of course, but you know, that's just where the sport was. I mean, when I signed that contract, you know, it was, it was a good contract. It wasn't great, but it was good, you know, and it just, at from then till now, it's a bit outdated and I still right. have three fights on it, but you know, it's just where the sport was at that time. That's what we, that's what the upper end was getting paid, you know, outside of, you know, probably like a John Jones or, you know, even back then Connor wasn't right. necessarily Connor at that point, you know, but um, so it, looking back on it, I can't be too pissed. That's just what everybody got. You know, obviously I would looking back now, would, yeah, we need more money than that, but uh, yeah, it feels good being able to have an opportunity like this. Like I started wrestling at the age of five, you know, crushed myself from five all the way up through college with wrestling and jumped right into training and, and had my first pro fight three months later, you know, and it's basically been a long, long journey. And I feel blessed to finally have an opportunity like this to go in there and do something that I find as fun as it is and doing something I love and getting that amount of money to do it. So, um, yeah, man, it, it was definitely pretty cool to get that paycheck. Um, haven't gotten it yet. We're, oh. we're inside seven days and then I get paid, but. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Are we getting nervous? Are we getting nervous? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Uh, UFC pretty quick with the payments though, right? Uh, UFC? Yeah. Yeah, man. Usually it was that night, but wow. I think my last fight or two, they had switched it uh, to wire transfers and it was like a few days after. Okay. So we're probably going to see So this, this uh, deal that you have with BKFC, was it a one fight deal that you signed with them? It's a three fight contract. Okay. Yep. Um, and ultimately, like I said, I'm still under UFC contract. I still have three fights on that deal. How did you let um, them, how did they, how did you get them to let you do this? My managers figured it all out. I, I didn't really ask too much. As soon as we got the yes, 
and the contract to sign, I said, that's good. Let's go. Was it tough? But uh, Based on what they told you, was it tough? Because I, I mean, you know this, historically, they don't usually allow these yeah. things to happen. Heck yeah. No, I don't think it was too tough, man. And I, I mean, it, 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 it's so awesome to see them doing that. I mean, I, I honestly expected a hell no, like right. you're not going anywhere, but they, they were super cool about it. They're like, look, we're not going to keep you from making this type of money for your family. You know, we'll give you the blessings, go do it. So, I, I mean, it was really, really cool of them. So you sign a three-fight deal with BKFC. Are you going to fulfill those three fights? Are you going to do this again? It sounds like you had a great time. Yeah, I had a really good time. I, I, you know, I did a couple of interviews, interviews yesterday. My answer to that is this, you know, leading up to this, I, I was saying, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm going to love this or I'm going to hate it. I loved it. It was fun. That was really cool. Um, but I said, let me, you know, spend a couple of weeks with my family and I'm going to just disconnect from this stuff after all the interviews and media for a little bit Yeah. and really step back and look at, you know, my life and what what this means. Do I need to do this? Is it more me being selfish, basically wanting to get in there and compete? Or is this something that makes sense? So um, also need to talk to Abby, my wife, and just kind of go over things. You know, I got two beautiful little daughters. I need to start thinking about that stuff too. But um, we'll see, man. I, like I said, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I feel like my style fits perfect in the sport. And I could definitely see myself doing it again. But we'll see. <laughs> it feels to me like you're leaning towards yes, but you don't quite want to commit to it. Is that fair? That's fair enough to say. Okay. And so you kind of, you kind of, conv- like, you weren't, you really weren't sure. This could have been one and done. Come Saturday, you have the fight and you're like, yeah, that was cool, but I'm never doing this again. You kind did you, would yeah. it be fair to say like you surprised yourself a little bit? Like you, you weren't quite sure and you actually really enjoyed it more than you would have thought. Yeah, I think so. I, I, like I said, I wasn't sure. I mean, I, shit, I've been a wrestler my whole life. I've never yeah. boxed professionally, especially not bare knuckle boxed professionally. And it's, you know, this is going to be something that's probably super brutal. Yeah. And I'm either going to get hit and be like, F this, I'm out. Or, you know, basically go in there and, and do what I did and absolutely love it. And, uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Got paid well. Um you know, everything about it. The organization was super cool. They took care of us. Um, all in all, it was a great experience. So, like I said, ultimately, it's going to come down to me stepping back and looking at the big picture here and, and weighing things out with my wife. Uh, I know she's not really a huge fan of it, which is uh, understandable, but <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll, we'll definitely see here soon. Would she have preferred if you didn't do this? Yes, 100%. Wow. So did you have no to question. convince her? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a convincing even just to do this one. Oh wow! Just to get the okay. contract signed. So did she go um, with you to the fight? No, man. We just had another baby girl in November. So wow, congrats! Uh, thank you. Yeah, so she had she stayed home with the baby and our we have a toddler as well. Um, so she was home. We had a viewing party and everything. A bunch of our friends came over and she okay. watched it with so them. So she there. watched it. She didn't. First, she didn't abstain she from watching it. it. Yeah, she she kind of watched it. She's. Uh-huh. She bounced the baby in the kitchen, like a ways away, kind of peeking. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she, that was the first fight that, since we've been together that she has not been to. Wow. With all my fight. Dating back to which one? Guida. Clay, Clay Guida fight was our first wow. fight, uh, us being together. So 2013. Um, so it had been almost 10 years mm-hmm. since. Uh, do, you remember the fir- do you remember the last fight that she wasn't at? Uh, 
Um, so that would have been whoever I fought right before Guido, yeah. which I can't even remember. You can't remember. That that was. So I, was, I was wondering if you'd remember. No. Darren Elkins. Okay. I was going to say, it was either Elkins or I was thinking maybe Lentz. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was. And actually, she, I'm pretty sure she was. She could have been at that fight. We weren't together yet, but she might have been. Really? Was, Just as she, a fan? Yeah. So I actually, I met her through uh, her boss who actually owned a VA mortgage company in Utah. Um, she worked there at the mortgage company, but he was a huge fight fan and actually had uh, showdown fights in Utah. Oh, um, right. He owned yeah. That yeah. Yeah. A lot of our fighters would go over there and compete on it and stuff. And so he would bring a lot of the, the people that worked at the office to a lot of the fights. So I'm, I'll have to ask her now. Now that we're talking about this, I'm almost positive she was at that fight. Okay, so maybe the last one was Yatsin uh, Meza back in yeah, uh, 2012. Yeah, Australia. That was in Australia. No chance she was at that yeah, one. She for sure was not yeah. at that one. <laughs> uh, as far as training for this, obviously you're, you say you're training boxing, but like you can't ever train bare knuckle, right? No, I mean, you hit mitts, bare knuckle. You hit some bag, bare knuckle. Wow. You do technical work, bare knuckle. You know, like me and Emmett were doing, you know, just movement, kind of thrown at each other like we would with with like puffies on like small MMA gloves um but yeah man you can't there's no way to spar bare knuckle obviously uh it's basically do all the hard work with your 16 ounces on uh mitt work with I try to go as small as I can either puffies or um eight ounce gloves when you're really ripping uh just trying to get as fatigued and as tired and uh push as hard as you can but yeah, a lot of the technical stuff just has to come bare knuckle or MMA gloves on. But uh, that was another thing, right? I didn't know if it was going to be completely different. And I will say uh, that was that was a little bit different getting in there um, with nothing on your hands. Obviously, just wrist tape was pretty much it. But I, I had so many more technical thoughts in my head through my entire training camp of what I was going to feel like, things I was going to do. And it's weird. It's like, as soon as I got in there, that all goes out the window and it's just like Mike Tyson mode. I'm going to hit you as hard as I can and knock you out. So it's like, I, you know, watched a ton of Canelo and, you know, just a lot of uh, top level boxers that I, that I like. And, you know, you see all these techniques and you work all these techniques and you, you do all this stuff through your camp, even in sparring. And then it just went out the window. <laughs> but and when but you, when you knock fun. a guy out like that, like with bare knuckle, what does that feel like? Yeah. It's not the same as when you knock someone out in MMA, I would imagine, right? I mean, there's probably a part of you that's like, oh, thank God this is over in the sense that like your hand was probably hurting after a while, right? Yeah, that first right hand that dropped him, I immediately felt that. I mean, I remember going back to my corner and I told my my coach my hand screwed and he's like, your hand's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, obviously, I wasn't going to stop because of it or anything, but I could just tell it was already getting tight when you start uh -huh. trying to make a fist and it's hard, you know, and I could feel my main, the middle knuckle was pretty sore right then. But, you know, other than that, I mean, man, it, it felt outside of being able to jump on them and, and really let them have it once they hit the ground. Uh, you know, you, I remember hitting with that first right, right hand and dropped them. And in my mind, I was like, there's no way this dude's getting back up. And I walked away and got, got back to my corner and I turned around and he was standing back up and I'm like, damn, Wow. Like this is, this is going again. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think I might've only had one straight hard KO and that might've been Yautz Meza where it's one hit and they're sleeping, you know, I still finished them with a few punches on the ground, but I think he was pretty much done. Most of the time it was a hit and they drop and you can jump on them and just finish them with two or three hard punches. But, 
Yeah, man, that's probably the only difference there. Uh, when you were talking about the weight, I saw you on the scales. Like, damn, Chad Mendes is freaking fit. A lot of people talking about your physique. Michael Bisping talking about your physique. Have you seen these comments about your physique? I haven't. I I block that dude and ignore that dude anytime um, I can. <laughs> you're not yeah. a fan. Not a fan, man. He's just such a shit talker. Where, what what I, does that stem from? Oh, man, I just remember him talking shit about the whole team alpha male, and I right. I know that's his personality, and it's just him being him, but. Uh, you know, and just him talking. I, Fair it's enough. Not, not really my favorite. Yeah. So all the people commenting on your physique, did you see any of that or no? I didn't know. Oh no, my gosh. Cool yeah. I mean, people, <laughs> the, it, it wasn't, uh, clearly you weren't sitting on the couch eating potato chips over the last three years. That's for sure. No, hell no. No, I, I, my, my fear of having a dad bod is, is motivating for sure. Having two kids. And, I bet running businesses, but no, man, I, I always work out. I'm, I've been an athlete, like I said, since I was five years old and I'm, you know, just because I'm not training in a sport doesn't mean I'm going to stop working out every day. You know, it's something that clears my mind. I love to do it. I feel good when I do it. And I feel like crap if I don't do it. So, you know, it's, I just, I, it's what I do, but um, it was nice going up a weight class and being able to, you know, basically be closer to my natural size and not have to, crush myself trying to diet down to 145 so um yeah it, it definitely felt good focusing on strength and conditioning as you know obviously a little bit bigger and i was worried that it was going to mess with my cardio but i felt great in the fight um you know my best my best wrestling year to date in my life was my senior year in college when i went up you know i quit cutting so much weight and went up closer to my natural weight up to 41s and uh, it was, I was undefeated the whole season. My only loss came in the NCAA finals. And doing that, looking back, I'm like, why the hell didn't I just wrestle up a weight class my whole life? Like, I probably would have done even better. But, you know, it, it was one of those things, you know, when they started talking about this fight and they're like, what weight do you want to go? You know, and I walk around about 170. Like, even when I was fighting at 45, like 168 was about what I walked around at. You know, so, and it's not like I'm a fat 168. So it's, you know, I'm usually having to lose some muscle, like burn that off and really lean out. Um, and it hurts. It definitely does. But um, it was nice. It was nice not having to do that. Like I said, getting to eat healthy, but a lot of food throughout my whole camp and feeling good, not getting overtrained because you're not, you know, eating enough and crushing yourself in the gym. And no, it was good. It was good. Do you wish you fought at 55 in the UFC? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's such a tricky thing because I'm so short, you know, I'm dense. I have really thick bones. I've done those scans and they're just like, holy crap, your bones are insane dense. But, um, and then just having the muscle mass too, adds a lot of weight, but you know, I see some of these 55ers and they're huge, you know, cutting from like 190, some of them probably even 200, I'm guessing, but you know, it, so it's, it's tough. I think, I think I was a featherweight size. I mean, even some of the 35ers when I stand next to them are bigger than me, which, you know, but um, yeah, I, I definitely could have toyed around with going to 55s in my MMA career. Now, here's the big thing. Um, what if the UFC, one of these days, Sean Shelby, Hunter Campbell, Dana White calls you up and is like, hey, we saw you. You look great. You're getting all this attention, all this buzz. We'll rip up that old contract. We want to talk about a new contract. Are you open to that? Because you've said, 
you're not coming back for that money, but what if it's for yeah. new money? Yeah, I mean, I'd be open to talking, but I mean, it would have to be, it would have to be really good money, okay. you know, M- mainly because, you know, um, I don't know, man. I just, I have some successful stuff going on outside the fight game. I feel good about life, you know, and for me to really basically put all that stuff back on hold to get back in there and train full time, you know, it's, it's gotta be worth it for sure. Okay. Uh, the successful things, fins and feathers, one of them, right? Fins and feathers. We just launched a cookbook. Here's a little plug for it. The wow. provider. Um, we got two different rubs. We got a rub company and then we got a beef company too, American almond beef. So wow. we got some, some good stuff going. And fins and feathers is like a, like a, a group outing thing, right? That you sign up and you could go hunting yeah. with you. I think Clay Guida as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Clay is a business. He's my business partner. Now we, we teamed up uh, about two years ago now. Um, but he does gills and thrills part of it. So fins and feathers, we do hunting and fishing trips. Guida's side of it, uh, and basically what we do is we we do hunting and fishing trips all over the world, and we add different UFC fighters or pro ball players, actors, whatever it may be, on the trips with clientele. So they get to go on a cool hunt, but then do it alongside somebody that they wow. you know watch on TV or whatever it may be. Um, and then Guida's side of it, it's really cool. He does strictly fishing, but he pairs it with some type of entertainment. So say there's like a big UFC fight in Florida, you know, he'll take you guys out there day one, and you'll do some like tarpon or glide through for fishing all day and then the next day you go to the fights and he'll get you like some type of vip treatment so it's a uh entertainment and fishing type type setup there so um it's a cool mix man i love clay to death man he's the nicest guy in the world working with him uh has been awesome um my other business partner mike papa is is a huge help as well so um yeah, we launched that back in 2015. I think one of our last interviews, we yes. were just talking about it yep. today. So, um, yeah, man, it's been very successful and it's growing year to year. And it's crazy to think that we've been around that long and it's it's still kicking. So it's pretty it's pretty cool to see. And and in conclusion, just curious, like, do you still go to Alpha Male? Like, like in those three years, would you still go help guys out, train, or were you at least staying away from the gym? I mean, every once in a while, you know, my main focus, I, I moved – a little over an hour away from, uh, from Team Alpha Male. So, you know, if I was there in Sacramento already or if I had something planned down there, I would go peek in and, and help or train or whatever. But um, I'd say the last year, though, with, with this bare knuckle debut, I've been in there pretty much every day, you know, training and working with guys and, and doing that. But, you know, I don't want to stop. Whether I fight again or not, I want to keep getting down there and training. It's it's good for it's good for everything, man. Mental. Yes. It's a good break from from all the real life stuff to just get in the gym, shut it off, and punch some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, well, congratulations mm. on your debut. Great stuff. You looked fantastic. Great finish. It was great to see you back. It was a little nostalgic as well for the fans who have been watching you, covering you for all these years. And uh, I like that the door is a little bit open. We're not closing it shut. We're gonna see. If I if I were to bet, I think we see you again, but I'll I'll leave that up to you. I'll leave that up to you and your All wife. Right, I don't want to cause a fight yeah, between yeah. you and your wife. Uh, thank yeah, you for I'm doing gonna... this, Chad, and uh, really great to talk to you again. Yeah, always good talking to you, man. Hope you're well, and uh, let me know if you ever want me on again. I'll jump on with you. Absolutely, I appreciate it. absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, Chad Money yeah. Mendez. Remember back in the day, we tried to get him to walk out there. Here comes the money. Here we go. 
Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Oh, da 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 da. A da 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 da. Yeah, ding, 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 da 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 da. A da 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 ba da. Can't depend, don't bother. I don't know the words, but that's Shane O'Mac's music in case you weren't familiar. But yeah, Chad Mendez. Great win. Two minute rounds. Four two minute rounds. Knucklemania 2. And at around three. O'clock, my friends. We're going to be joined by the president of Bare Knuckle FC. He's going to join us to make a big announcement. That's David Feldman. In a matter of seconds, though, I'm excited about this. I mean, viral. You talk about viral sensation. Our next guest is a viral sensation. I have so many questions as to how he became a viral sensation. His name is Commander... Dale Brown. Do we have a photo of Dale Brown that we could show people real quick before in case people want to, you know, get familiar? Dale Brown, Commander Dale Brown of Dust, Detroit Urban Survival Training. If we could show people, if we have a photo, uh, I think we do, where we can show people who this man is because I can assure you, you know who he is. Tai Tuivasa. There he is right over there. Uh, You can see his face. Um, Tai Tuivasa was talking about him on the show around a month or so ago. A guy who just kind of, I I don't want to say came out of nowhere because he's been doing this for a very long time. He's been involved in the military, in fact, involved in martial arts for quite some time. Uh, He is no spring chicken, uh, but he has become a viral sensation. People love the videos, the the self-defense videos, the tactics, if you will. And as I said at the top of the show, Odell Beckham Jr. in uh, in an NFL game just a couple months ago when he was on the Rams, scored a touchdown and actually mimicked Commander Dale Brown. Amazingly. I mean, that's how you know you've made it. When you're being mimicked in a touchdown celebration, you know it's a big deal. Now, of course, with everything, people are going to poke holes. People are going to say X, Y, and Z. Um, and that comes with the territory. But how about Joaquin Buckley, who lives in the Michigan area, trains in the Michigan area, went to his uh, school around a month and a half or so ago, trained with him, teamed up with Dale Brown, and then said before his fight against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan this past Saturday in Vegas, said, you know what, I'm going to have Dale Brown in my corner. The UFC isn't promoting this fight enough. They aren't promoting me enough. I'm going to have him in my corner. Uh, Luckily for him, Commander Brown said yes, and it got everyone talking about the fight when they probably wouldn't have talked about the fight. We at MMA Fighting talked about the fight. TMZ was talking about the fight. Uh, ESPN, everyone was talking about it because everyone knows Commander Dale Brown. It was very smart. Now, we had Joaquin Buckley on the show on Monday and he said, you know, he didn't, you know, he wasn't actually actively, you know, giving me pointers in between rounds and whatnot, but uh, he was uh, he was a big part of the promotion. He was a big part of uh, creating some buzz, and uh, it seems like they're buds now. Stop short at saying whether or not that, you know, he'd have him in the corner again, but I thought it was brilliant. You get three cornermen or women, and most guys don't need all three. 
you see some guys have managers, you see some guys have spouses, you know, this, this is not uncommon. And so he probably only needed, you know, two guys there he said, Hey, let me get some attention for myself. Let me uh, create some buzz and I'm going to, I'm going to have this guy on. And so I'm curious about how someone could be just doing something for over two decades, helping people out, contributing to society, making neighborhoods a better and safer place. And then all of a sudden you go viral. I mean, viral, millions upon millions. I was looking at his YouTube page, his YouTube page. There are some videos on there. The YouTube page is Detroit Threat Management Center. This is pretty amazing. If you go and sort by most popular, his most popular video was posted six months ago. 1.47 million subscribers. His most popular video, 145 million views. 145 million views. That's incredible. That is the true definition of viral. Uh, Second most popular video, 43 million views. Third most popular video, 22 million views. Fourth most popular video, 7.4 million views, 5.1 million views, 3.4. I mean, there's there's a ton here that are, I'm going all the way down the line here and I'm still in the millions. That's the true definition of a viral and good for him. And that's just YouTube numbers. I'm not talking about Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all that stuff. And so without further ado, it is a great honor and privilege and pleasure to say hello to the one and only, the inimitable Commander Dale Brown of Dust, aka Detroit Urban Survival Training. Hello, sir. How are you? Excellent, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. What a pleasure this is. It's a real pleasure. You're out of uh, you're out of your uniform. It's casual, Commander Brown, today. Oh, you got the UFC gear on. Look at you. <laughs> UFC. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, I have a ton of questions for you. Uh, I actually want to go to the moment where everything changed, because to the best of my knowledge, Commander Brown, you have uh, you have been doing this for several decades. You have a background in the military, a former paratrooper. You have a background in martial arts. We'll get to all of that. You have videos dating back years. When do you when do you go viral? What happened? What changed in your life to allow you to become this viral sensation? Um, hmm. Uh, it was mostly um, my wife. Uh, she was uploading on a schedule, uh, just like structure. And then um, I think that she um the way she would link the um on tiktok was our first uh connection with uh viralness and essentially what she did was she connected um different um links to our our videos so for the first time i would just upload for the past 10 years or 12 years as when i started the uh youtube channel uh and I just uploaded videos uh, to make sure that people could see we're real. So my, my original point was to upload videos of my organization so people could see it's a real organization and <clears throat> that it's not, you know, for internet. It's actually a functional school that trains people to defend the community um, and all people in all communities. So essentially I wanted to make sure there was a, there was a 
way that people can look us up and be able to find us in real life so they can see us actually training. So you actually see training videos that go way back and they're, you know, they're not, um, they're not, you know, Hollywood or internet type videos. These are videos that show raw training, uh, people failing, people trying, people not getting it right and getting it right. Uh, so it's not, I wanted to make sure people know it's a real school, real training center with a real purpose, which is also why you see videos of testimonials from police officers that we trained that saved their lives, lives of others and domestic violence victims or stalking victims that we protected for free. No money whatsoever. Court witnesses, people that are crime witnesses, we protect for free. And you got a chance to see um, us out in the field actually protecting people. So I put all those kind of videos up there so you can see we're just not a school. We're a school that actually goes out and protects people in real life. So that's the real reason I, I put up videos in the first place. But the viralness first came because a uh, organization called copblock.com uh, came to my school and asked to ride along with us in the communities, showing how we protect communities. And um, also see our training, see our training system, to see why we're not having uh, debts, why we're not having accidental debts, why we're not having lawsuits, uh, why we're not having prosecutions, uh, and how we're able to create safety for communities. So that's our first time we went viral with this one video from copblock.com. And uh, that was because uh, a guy named Pete uh, came out this video, put it out there, and we got 60,000 likes of uh, positive comments, just amazing feedback. And then for the next decade, uh, libertarians have been flying around the country to freedom organizations, um, talking about how they like the fact that we protect people in real life. They considered our training and our system for private policing. And it's really not private policing. It's just creating conditions where we stop violence from occurring and we stop violence from continuing. Uh, then we use policing. We actually contact the police so that they can prosecute people when necessary. Uh, but we specialize in stopping that. So the, the confusion came from libertarians and anarchists thinking that this was an organization that was replacing police when in fact we're just working with police. But before they get there, nine times out of 10 things are solved. And that's, if you get there fast enough, you can stop things from happening. Also, if your perspective is that. So we're not competing with police. We help uh, you know, police when they're there and they need assistance, and they help us. Uh, that's for public safety, and that's been for 26 years. So wow. I started in the 90s uh, dealing with stopping home invasions and murders. And uh, that's how we got started was literally stopping um, poor people that couldn't afford any services or anything, stopping them from dying, from being killed, from being home invaded uh, on the east side of Detroit. And then it just grew from there. So it really comes from just helping people and creating safety using our training system. Without our training system, I wouldn't be here now. And, um, you know, none of our team members are dead. Thousands of families are, are being protected now, right now in Detroit, 24 hours a day by our team members. And our training is the reason why we're successful. So um, the first viralness was actually before now. Wow. This new viralness is, is off the charts. I've never, seen, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. It's, it's uh, positive, but bizarre. It feels like the last few months, everything has changed. Like you have reached a whole other level. Uh, like when you see a guy like Odell Beckham mimic you in an NFL game, right. what is going through your mind? You've been doing this for years. Now all of a sudden, everyone knows who you are. Odell Beckham in an NFL <laughs> game is mimicking right. you. Right. That's crazy. I never heard about Saturday Night Live right before that. Yeah. So I looked at my wife wakes me up Sunday. She's like, hey, look at this. And I, <laughs> I look at it like, oh, he morphed his face with mine uh, for this video. Um, and I was like, Hey, that looks like me, but that's not me <laughs> on, Saturday, on Saturday night live. Yeah. Two days later, Odell Beckham is doing this, this, uh, our gun disarm in the end zone. I'm, I'm blown away. Um, and, and I'm honored by both. Let me say that this is amazing. It's positive. 
I, I can't believe the positivity I'm getting from, you know, so many people everywhere around the world. This is unbelievable. What's the coolest byproduct of all this newfound fame that has come your way? As someone who's reached out and, and experienced, what comes to mind? Um, the greatest thing, I think, is to see the demographics involved. There's so many different people from so many different places. Uh, I was just in Vegas, uh, as you know, with the UFC with um, Buckley. Um, and it was amazing uh, to see as we walked the strip, as we went places, to see how people responded. They were, I mean, every language, every demographic, older, younger, mostly males, but um, also females and husbands and wives and kids. And it was amazing to see whole families. And some of them don't speak English, but they were like, oh, my gosh, let's, can we take a picture with you? And like, of course, you know, if you want. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, it just seems, you know, like strange because I can't believe that they want to take a picture with me in the first place. But, you know, if that's what helps to get the word out there, you know, the comedy that I was doing um, with comedians. Uh, if that's what makes you look, if, you know, if, you know, the fun parts of this uh, makes you look in, and learn about gun disarms, not disarms, learn about psychology and law. Now you can use the understanding of psychology and law to create safety in your family, in your community, in your corporation, your country. Then I'm proud to be the, you know, able to share what we learned through bloodshed, unfortunately, over the past 26 years. And my, my goal is to get training centers everywhere so people everywhere uh, in every city, every country, uh, can have a pathway to learning how to create safety safely. The things that we now know after 26 years of um, uh, learning through, again, through bloodshed, heuristics, actually trial and error, you know, what worked and what didn't. And the things that didn't work, I stopped teaching uh, as we we're dealing with uh, active shooters, gangs, and um, people that are trying to kill us and others. So we had a chance to, you know, really try the training. We're really glad to be able to bring it out there and save more lives. So that's, that's the whole point of, of all of it. Uh, you have an extensive background in martial arts, correct? Um, I would say I have a very, very uh, um, varied uh, background in martial arts. Uh, I never committed to any martial art. Uh, what I did was I would go around to different martial arts. I would train there humbly, uh, respectfully, of course, and I would meet with the instructors and I would get with them after class to focus on self-defense. Uh, often martial arts... Um, is focused on several things, one of which, first and foremost, is sharing with you, inculcating you into their esoterics of their community origins of their uh, training system, which is not what I was interested in. I really just wanted to know how to defend myself if need be. And I was really interested in the actual methods of dealing with real life situations like guns and knives. Uh, so every art, I would always ask that the instructors, the senseis, um, uh, you know, to share with me their knowledge as it relates to this subject, knives, guns, uh, and extreme conditions, baseball bats. And I want to see what different, uh, whether it's Japanese, Korean, Chinese, uh, or American style systems, or uh, I never came across a Brazilian system as a, as a youth or as an adult, so, but I would have gone there if I could have. And if, uh, there was Krav when I was growing up, I went there. Uh, now I have Krav instructors, I have Brazilian instructors uh, that work for me and they're a part of our school. Uh, so I got a chance to see their thought process as well now but I would have infused it earlier um, if I would have known more about their systems. So I, I really melt them together. What, what really makes it uh, totally different um, than any other is that we tried it in real life. And so if you, chew your, if you use your training in real life and, and in situations where you're dealing with attackers, not people that are trying to get away from you, but people that are trying to kill you or try to kill someone that you're protecting, uh, then you have a different perspective on how techniques work, especially when they're out of your weight class 
Uh, they're dealing, they have weapons, they have lots of friends, um, what we call gang members, or you're dealing with multiple aggressors. So it changes everything when you change those, those parameters, including the fact that most importantly, you're dealing with someone in a life and death situation where someone wants to kill you, which is a different kind of energy, a different kind of purpose. And as a result, the system that I teach had to evolve from what I learned, which was, you know, different types of martial arts, which was not specifically for life and death situations. And then I had, I had law. So law for me became the reason why I wanted to teach in the first place, blending together um, firearms training, that's pistol, shotgun, rifle training with your baton, your knife, standing up, fighting on the ground, standing up, uh, you know, takedowns. Why couldn't you go to one school to learn all those things? And that's what we have to do in real life. In real life, you have guns, you have knives, you have to fight standing up, you have to fight on the ground, you have to fight inside of a car, inside of a small space, you have to fight multiple aggressors in real life. So why is there no school that focuses specifically on how to do those things and then legally do those things? So I created that school when I, when I realized as a private investigator uh, that the law is not as we see it written. It's an opinion based upon circumstances and conditions that uh, are changing and, and evolving and can be manipulated. And the um, traditionally what happens, if you don't understand the law, you can't articulate it properly when you're attacked or someone else is attacked. And as a result, the way the police officer and the witnesses um, <clears throat> make statements and, and write down and document what happened determines everything about what happens in your life. So what I teach specifically is how civilians can, first and foremost, uh, use psychology to create peace by understanding how to read body language. But after that, you also have to know the law. You know, what, <clears throat> what can you do legally? What can you say? What should you not say? Um, what should you not do legally in these different time periods under these different circumstances? And as a result, the overall objective is to make sure that people are making the best decisions for them and their families so they can not create conditions where they get prosecuted or sued or at least reduce the likelihood of, of the prosecution or the magnitude of it, uh, as well as the uh, lawsuits. So our goal is to make people have a better quality of life through knowledge. And that's what we call intelligent options to increase survivability. Now, I was looking at your background, uh, military background, paratrooper, uh, read about your martial arts. Correct me if I'm wrong. You you have never been a cop, right? And and if that is accurate, no. why why not? Because it seems like this is something that you're interested. in. Why did you not go the route of becoming a Detroit cop? Uh, because for me, uh, what I wanted to do was be a teacher. I wanted to empower people with the ability to protect themselves. Uh, for me, law enforcing, although it's necessary, it's not something I would like to be involved in. So we don't law enforce right now. We are not in the law enforcement industry. We are in the protection industry. Uh, and as an industry and as a, as a purpose of life, we're in protection. So we don't care if people pay or not. So I protect people, whether I get paid or not, they don't have to have any money to get protected. If someone's trying to kill them and we have a system for how we determine that prosecutors send people to us, uh, shelters send people to us, uh, domestic violence units send people to us. And of course, now people see us in the media and they contact us when people are trying to kill them. So there's three things we do for people that is we give them training for free. If they're you know, working class people that are in danger. We just train them for free. You know, poor people that have no money whatsoever, we still train them for free. Um, and that's if they have no actual provable uh, threat condition, but they believe they're in fear. So we want to help them any way we can. Uh, and then if there is actually a credible threat, then we provide them with physical training and uh, escort services to and from court. And if the person is a high-level threat, we'll physically you know, go to their home or help them escape. Uh, we you know, help rescue people from situations that, our extreme conditions, as well as uh, hiding them from violent individuals and gangs. 
by finding places to hide them, hotels and other people's homes, um, you know, finding get them to their to their relatives' homes. In some cases, helping them escape uh, um, areas and then get to the airports so and get out of the state. In, in one case, uh, for example, a woman was uh, being held um, hostage as a, um, a sex slave against her will in this house in northern Michigan, way out in the country. She escaped. She got to a woman's shelter. That woman's shelter is the only shelter in the region. So this this um, this group that's a armed group of men um, here in Michigan, they knew where she was, and they told them that if you keep her in this building, if you keep her at that house, it's, it's supposed to be a, a hidden shelter, but everyone knows the shelter. They said, we're going to kill whoever is at that house and take her anyway. So uh, we go out to three hours from Detroit and go rescue this female. We take our uh, team of men and, and Hummers and go out there and rescue her and take her to the airport. And she wow. flies home to Florida, where she's from. Wow. So what I what we do is protect people. And, um, you know, that, that's that's different than enforcing laws. Uh, although, you know, we do we we focus on how laws work. Our goal is to make conditions where laws aren't being broken in the first place. So that's a whole different industry. So as you know, when you reach a level of fame, which you have now reached, um, and especially in the MMA community, a lot of people want to poke holes in what you are doing. And this has become a thing with the MMA fighters. They're, you know, let's be honest, some are mocking, some are saying, this is silly, this doesn't work. How do you react to that? How do you react to people saying the stuff that you have dedicated your, your life to several decades is now being used as, you know, the butt of a joke, something that, you know, fighters are mocking? Um, well, I can tell you from experience, um, anybody that's serious, that's real, knows that this is not um, anything to mock. Uh, they know that life is serious. They can tell that our training is real. Uh, those individuals that are mocking are also the people who will not go out and take on gangs and protect people. They'll never leave uh, the safety of um, their training facility uh, for sport application and go out and literally put their life on the line to protect others for free or otherwise. They're just not going to do that. And they're definitely not going to do it in a city like Detroit or any other place where people are extremely in, in danger from violent criminals or gangs. And that includes country towns where bikers are going to, you know, do something. Those, those same guys that are talking trash about our training aren't going to use their training to go defeat bikers to protect some lady or her family or some, you know, man in his family uh, from bikers. He's not, they're never going to do that. They could do that, but they're not going to. And that's because they know they would be killed. And there are people being killed that are highly trained in, in different types of arts and sports. And so that is a real thing. That's why a purpose of our training is to help uh, everyone. It doesn't matter if you're trained in different martial arts or sports. We want to share with you the knowledge that you would need to decrease the likelihood of you being killed uh, and to decrease the likelihood of you being uh, incarcerated or sued. And these are things you can't learn any other way other than through bloodshed. And so that's why our training is so unique. That's why it looks different. Uh, a lot of these people that are talking are people that they've never even been in the street situation where they had to survive, where they had to actually defend against an actual killer. And that's what we specialize in. So uh, imagine that would be like me looking at sports and, and criticizing sports techniques, which I do not do ever. You'll never see a single post from me or a comment from me criticizing a sport technique um, in a sport because I don't do sports. So, you know, it's, it's amazing uh, to, to, to see guys, you know, go in there and uh, be able to exert, choke, punch each other, and, and, and stay inside that sport mindset uh, and not, you know, reach inside, grab eyeballs, rip out throats, 
bite holes in the, in the aggressor that's the person that's actually attacking them. Uh, and even when they're being choked, they're still not doing things that would seriously hurt the other person because there's that they're that disciplined. And that's amazing. I mean, that, that takes a lot of discipline to allow someone to choke you and not to do something that could seriously harm them. And, and you know, these fighters are like that. They have great discipline like that. I, I would never have that discipline if I felt someone's choking me. I'm definitely going to be doing things that, that take away their ability to see, breathe, and stand um, permanently. And so that's because in a survival scenario, there is no referee. No one's going to rescue you. There's no one that's going to stop. Like once they choke you out, if you were to fall out uh, when you're in the street, in a survival scenario where people are trying to kill you, if you were to go out, there's no one to to resuscitate you. There's no one to get the guys off you. You will probably be killed while you're sleeping. Um, so that's why, you know, it's a different mindset. And so when you think about these guys uh, that are that are criticizing, these are people that also won't go out and, uh, you know, volunteer to go protect people for free against uh, actual violent situations. You know, we, we wanted to, um, the first weekend that we saw people were not getting water and protection in um, Hurricane Katrina. I took a team of men there uh, that first weekend. So there was no satellite communication, no nothing. For you to do that, you would have to have a lot of um, training, a lot of skill set, and you'd have to have a lot of knowledge in order to mount a mission on your own to go down there. And if you didn't have that, you, you would not survive. And that's just a storm situation. Um, and then in, in general, there's no way you can be in Detroit or any other place that's dangerous um, and protect people against violent threats without extreme skill set. And you're going to be bleeding. You're going to be um, shot. There's going to be shot shootings. There's going to be, it's America. We have guns and knives here. So if you're planning to go out and protect people, which, you know, I, I, I would like to say this. If you do believe in your training, there's nothing wrong with going out, putting yourself at risk. And if you die, you know it's a noble death. You're protecting people that need protection. So you're going to get hurt. You're going to get injured. You might even get killed. And that's okay as long as we're protecting people that needed protection from violent criminals that are attacking them. And, and that's a noble death for me. So to me, the purpose of my organization was one thing, which was to keep people alive and safe. And so I was willing to die and kill for that. And as a result, uh, you know, you had to go through a lot of life and death situations. And so the point is that if you want to do that, that's something anyone can do. And I would, I would ask you to do that in Brazil, in the United States, in uh, Japan, in Korea, in China, wherever you live in the world, you know, India, Africa, any country, in the 54 countries in Africa, you know, please use your skills to go out and protect people. Uh, instead of, you know, using your skills to, you know, perhaps do sports or only sports, why not take time out to volunteer to protect domestic violence victims? There's women being killed all the time. And they're being killed by uh, husbands, ex-husbands, boyfriends, and sometimes just men that like them. And they'll get out PPO. They need your help serving the PPOs, something we do for free. And then they are going to need extraction services. You're going to need to help stay there and physically help them get out because the man is going to kill them for trying to leave. Or in some cases, they're actually coming there to kill them after they've tried to kill them before. And there's PPO against them, but the, the guy's still going to try to kill them before they have the court date, which is going to put them in prison. So there's lots of ways you could use your skills and you get a chance to use them for a noble purpose, which is keeping people alive and safe. And I, and I would ask that anybody out there that is feeling like they want to really push their skill set to please do that. Go put yourself at risk for others, uh, protecting them from being killed, from being abducted, from being, um, uh, you know, uh, stalked. I mean, there's, there's actual situations where wherever you live in the world, wherever you live in this country, especially, there are people that need your help. Mm. So please feel free to contact your local police department, your uh, shelters, domestic violence units, uh, and, and just let them know, hey, I'm willing to volunteer to help protect these 
Uh, normally it's women, but not only we protected men, we protected entire families from people that want to kill them. And these are just innocent people that need help. So what I would say is, you know, please, please do that. It's a great feeling when you rescue people. It's a great feeling when you keep them alive. There's no better feeling in the world. So, you know, please consider that as opposed to um, finding ways to challenge fighters and challenge people to fighting. Focus on, you know, using your skills for those kind of purposes. You'll love it. I, I promise. How did you feel about being in Joaquin Buckley's corner for a UFC fight? Um, you know, he, he admitted he was trying to get some attention. You're someone who's very much talked about right now. You're not his coach. You're not a trained MMA coach. Did you feel weird being there? Did you feel like, how would you describe the experience of being there for a UFC fight? Oh, not at all. I didn't feel strange at all. He came to my school. Um, you can see the videos online and he came to test the training. Mm -hmm. He did not come to hang out. <laughs> he came to test it. And, and there was no discussion other than hey, I'm going to come by and see if it's see if the training's real. So he did came by. He felt it was real halfway through. It was halfway through. He said, you know what? Wow. I didn't realize this training was real. And uh, then um, after that, two weeks later, it wasn't immediate. It was like two weeks later, he called back and asked if I'd be willing to, uh, you know, be a corner man and, and share knowledge and, you know, and, and bring what we have uh, to the table to, to assist. And I absolutely did. So, you know, most of my training you can't use, obviously, in a sport. Right. But there are some aspects of it. Some There's some techniques, some, some small things that we shared. Uh, and uh, there's also psychology. A huge part of our performance is based on psychology. Uh, so survival psychology uh, is really important in any endeavor. So he was able to uh, get exposed to our, our survival psychology in that setting. And, and I think that's really helpful, especially in that fight he was just in. It was extremely important psychologically to be prepared for that extreme fight he was in. It was extraordinary. And he pulled through. Would you like to do it again? Oh, sure. If he, if he wants me to, absolutely. I would do that for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm there for those. those. He's got the greatest coaches. Those coaches are really good guys, um, down to earth, but they're also tactical. Um, they have, you know, they're, they're very technical. They have a lot of strategy. And those strategies were being used in that fight. So let me be clear. They are putting in a lot of work, and there's a lot of structure there. There's no fly-by-night um, thing there. Uh, it's, it, it also, people don't know this, uh, but Buckley, um, Joaquin is the one who put all this together. So let me be clear about how amazing this guy, this, this young man is, okay? Um, first of all, I, I didn't realize all this, okay? I, just, I learned this, you know, after getting to know him better. But he's literally a genius. This, this, not only did he learn his training, by watching videos, he has no master. Mm. Um, he is the one who trained him for fighting before he went to Abu, uh, um, uh, overseas and uh, to Abu Dhabi and did the kick that made him infamous. Yes. Where he jumped in the air, I thought the guy. Amazing, 20 million views on, on, uh, on that one kick. And um, know that he had no coach before that. He had no one training him before that, think about how amazing that is. Then he goes to Abu Dhabi on his own um, and, and does this. I mean, uh, you know, with no coach. Yeah. That's just amazing. Yeah. And then he's got great coach now. So he's going to be even better, is my yeah. point, um, ultimately. But he put together this idea of, um, of bringing me out. You know, I didn't know whose idea it was. I talked to, you know, them. They said it was, it was his idea to, uh, you know, the whole thing. So he was really uh, adamant um, about structuring this, this, um, uh, the training as, as well as seeing if it's real first and at my facility. And then, you know, uh, you know, putting me on uh, as his corner man. So it was an amazing experience, super positive. All the fighters were extremely, extremely professional and very welcoming. 
um, excited. Yeah. Uh, I saw Jim Miller the, was very. Yeah, he took a picture with you, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he came up to me and said, "You know, um, uh, would you like to, uh, you know, would you take a picture with me?" And I was like, "Absolutely, <laughs> all the UFC want to take a picture with me." I'm like, "Yes, you know, anytime." That's amazing. And um, I didn't know who he was though. I was really honored when I found out who he was. I was like, "Wow, this is a, this is like the greatest guy ever in UFC history." That's amazing to me. And uh, it was quite an honor. His coach took a picture with me as well. And his coach was like, hey, we're fans. We watch your videos. And, you know, we love it. And uh, outstanding. So, you know, the fact that they are uh, fans of the videos is, is uh, you know, for me, it's humbling. Uh, before I let you go, I'm just curious. what? Uh, and thank you for this. It's been great learning about you and, you. and understanding um, where you come from and, and why you do what you do. And you're an absolute credit to that community and to everyone. Um, what is the next step for you now? Now that you've... <laughs> garnered all this newfound fame where do you like do we go out of detroit now do we go into different uh neighborhood like where how do you grow dust yes well uh so uh detroit threat management center is the is the parent company yeah detroit urban survival training is the school that i created just for growth or just the school itself so not the community service side where we go out and protect people um essentially the, the goal is to take detroit urban survival training facilities get them in every city state and country so that people can go to a place and learn the tactics the same things that police officers are learning uh and civilians are learning in the same place here in detroit we want to make it so police and the public train together and learn these uh how to use psychology law and skill wherever they live in the world to create uh safety safely so our, our whole goal is um several things and the most important thing is we're teaching people how to create non-adversarial interactions so they can create non-violent outcomes by design and the only way you can do that is by understanding psychology, law, and skill in that order so that you can uh, create what you're looking for, which is a better quality of life for everyone. And I want to say this. The way you do that, first and foremost, is remember that what's most important is that you don't look at people as an enemy, that you love people. You will always love, protect, and love uh, people uh, if that's what you love. So you cannot properly protect anything you don't love. And we as human beings, we will always protect what we do love. So we, you know, in general, uh, love of people is the key to protection of people. And what really fuels you is, is love, not hate. So you need to find a way uh, to find people that really care about people in order to protect people. And if you want to, you know, make a better life for people in general, let's work on protection because protection is the foundation of everything. There's nothing, there's no, there's no college, there's no healthcare, there's no nothing without safety and that safety is prevention, not prosecution. So what we do is specialize in how to teach people how to create conditions where you can stop violence from occurring, stop the rape, stop the robbery, stop the murders, uh, and stop hijackings of trucks, which is what we do for the past 26 years. Amazing. And so in our 26 years, none of us are dead. Uh, more importantly, none of the people we've protected have been killed. And so that's what we're most proud of is that we've been able to provide something that is needed. And our goal is to take that everywhere around the world through the training system by empowering people to be able to do that for themselves. So I thank you for this opportunity, and we look forward to anyone contacting us if they want more information on, on the training and, and how they can incorporate it. Um, you know, please look us up. Detroit underscore dust uh, is our Instagram, and Detroit Threat Management Center is our YouTube. I, I salute you, Commander Brown. It's great. We need more people like you, and I'd be remiss if I don't uh, ask you. I mean, can I get the famous line and the, the eyebrow and everything? Can I, can I get that? Detroit Urban Survival Training, intelligent options, increase survivability. I love it. I love it. Well done, sir. Well done.
Keep it up. Thank you for what you do. And it was great to see you involved with the, uh, the UFC event on Saturday. Thank you so much for doing this. It was awesome. Thank you for this opportunity to share. Thank you. All right. There he is, Commander Brown. And thank you to his wife as well. Uh, who uh, helped set this up. Commander Brown, who I'm told uh, isn't very, you know, active on social media. There are a million bad ways to start your morning off. The no coffee traffic jam, the soggy morning jog, the why is the dog taking so long? Just go already walk. But you can unleash your ideal day with a perfect shower using Method hair care products. Designed with high-quality ingredients, Method's new range of shampoos and conditioners will give your hair undeniable softness and shine. And hey, if you're a night shower kind of person, that's great too. Try pure peace infused with peony, rose water, and quinoa protein. Or simply nourish, crafted with coconut, rice milk, and shea butter. Or daily zen, made with cucumber, seaweed, and green tea. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Shop methodproducts.com. He doesn't do that sort of thing. His wife does a great job with that. And they've blown up. And I know everyone is very quick to laugh and mock and do all kinds of stuff like that. But you know what? How could you, you know, how could you, how could you not respect? How could you not respect every single thing that he said? Shout out to Mirella, I believe her name is Mirella, his wife. How could you not respect someone who is trying to help others for free at times? You know, shame on you, Tai Tuivasa. Shame on you for calling this man out, for sticking his head on, on Daniel Cormier's body. Shame on you. I thought that was great. And there's a lesson to be learned here. We're always quick to mock. We're always quick to judge. We're always quick to dismiss. No. We need to learn more. We need to love more. We need to protect more. We need to be there for each other. That was great. My my heart is full after talking to Commander Brown. And yes, I know, you know, he's got the he's got the little earpiece thing. And you're like, okay, what's up with this dude? And everyone wants to go out there and mock and 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 poke holes and all this stuff. We can learn a lot from Commander Brown. And so I salute him. And if you ask me, I mean Honestly, he's bigger than the wall here. I mean, he is he is a saint. He's a mensch. We need more people like him. I wonder if Buckley but if I'm Buckley, you win that fight, you might as well bring him back. And I know there's quick, you know, judgments to be made about like, oh, is he the next Josh Fabia? Is he the next Sensei Segal? No, he's not that. He's not claiming to be that. But you know what he is? Undefeated as a cornerman. He's undefeated as a cornerman. So Please put some respect on his name. All right. Uh, that was great stuff. I appreciate him for stopping by. Uh, now time for a very exciting chat. I'm looking forward to this very much. Earlier in the day, we spoke to Chad Mendez about his big win over the weekend, Knucklemania 2. Our next guest is the president and founder of Bare Knuckle FC. They have been working hard for several years now to gain acceptance and uh, to become, you know, a part of the combat sports scene. They just had a big event, perhaps their biggest, this past weekend. And so without further ado, let us say hello uh, for the first time to the president and founder of Bare Knuckle FC, the one and only David Feldman. There he is. David, how are you? Doing great, Ariel, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, great to be here. Wish I looked a little... a little. Uh, yeah, what happened? I, 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 I kind of wanted to... To just like fit in and look like one of my fighters for this show. So yeah. 
I figured I'd come in with a busted up face. I had I had uh I had to get some uh, medical stuff taken care of um so I can be around to enjoy this uh what we're gonna do here in the next few years. So I had to had to get myself fixed up on Monday and um should be healed up in the next week or so. So you're all good, everything okay? All good, man. Okay. Um I mean I could you know, I don't know if you were trying to tell me something about my nose that I need to get it <laughs> fixed up as well, but uh, I'm glad that you're okay. What a what a couple of days for you. Wow, knuckle mania on Saturday and you have surgery on Monday, but I'm glad you're okay. Glad that you're able to join us here. Uh, congratulations on everything that you've done. I want to get into the the history of the promotion, why you launched the promotion, all that stuff and more. But I do think it is important for you to make an announcement that you would like to make and that we're very excited that you'll be making here. And then we could kind of explain how we got to this point. So without further ado, the floor is yours. Sure, sure. Um, you know, we grew this thing to a point where we thought that um, we got it as far as as we could take it by ourselves right now. I mean, we we as we're going to go into this later, but we we've overcome so many obstacles and so many people telling us no and this will never happen. You'll never make it work. And we got to a point where you know we're we're pretty well accepted among the combat sports uh, community right now. And we needed to uh, make a partnership that was going to uh, take us to the next level. So um, you know, create more opportunities, more research resources, more funding, more things like that to uh, to acquire the um, some more fighters, um, take care of the fighters that are already there and just create more opportunities for everybody. So we uh, have entered into an agreement to have the majority stake of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship be acquired by Triller Versus. So Triller will acquire the majority stake in Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, like I said, to allow more opportunities, more resources, more funding, just everything that we really need to, um, you know, vie for that number one, number two spot in combat sports. I love uh, Frank. I believe that's some breaking news there. Do we have any music for that? Uh, Muzzletov on the deal, uh, David, uh, from one fellow Jew to another. So majority stake. What does that entail? Like, what percentage does Triller versus uh, now control? I can't really go into that area. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, you know, but uh, they do have the majority stake. Um. Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship will remain as is. We will be self-sustained as far as operations uh, continue. Uh, the fighters, everything, nothing really is going to change in the operations of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. We're now just going to have more assets, more resources, and more possibilities. And I know that you said not that long ago that uh, you you were weighing an offer. Someone was coming to try and buy BKFC. Was that Triller? You, you eventually turned it down. Was that Triller? No, um, Triller was there, but there was, there's actually been about five different groups that were looking to purchase. You know, I just, I have a tight knit group here that, that, you know, a core four or five of us that, that just worked this thing by ourselves for two years, two and a half years to get this, you know, to get people to talk about us, you know, at the, as the beginning. And I think you might've been one of them that said, this can't work and <laughs> we don't want to see the stuff and everything like that. And that's okay. And we just wanted to turn, you know, uh, doubters into believers and you know I think we've done a good job of that but like I said we, we had a lot of offers but I said in, in one of the interviews I did that unless the offer was enough to you know really change the lives of of those core four or five people myself and make a big improvement in this in this company that I wasn't going to do it and you know my uh my guys lives are going to change for the better and I'm really happy to say that um you know it's a it's a weird spot I'm in right now because you know, I grew this from nothing. I've been working on this for 10 years. 
underground fights and anything that I could do to get people to notice this into becoming the first legally sanctioned and regulated bare knuckle fighting promotion ever in the history of the world to right now, you know, when a free agent pops up, we're in the top three conversations of where they're going to land next. So, you know, we've done a hell of a job and now we get to partner with Triller versus and Ryan Cavanaugh and uh, just be a little more disruptive. You know, I think that bare knuckle fighting championship is a very disruptive combat sport right now. And to uh, partner with uh, a disruptive fellow himself, like huh. like Brian Cavanaugh, I think that um that we're going to disrupt a lot of things in combat sports. And I'm looking forward to the partnership. I'm sure you're thrilled about whatever is coming your way in terms of uh, money. But is there like uh, mixed feelings because now your baby is kind of going, you know, is growing up and going to someone else? It's it's no longer the little engine that could. Yeah, I think it's um you know it's kind of like I, I compare it to send your kid off to college like. You want them to go to college, you want them to grow and, and be the man or woman that they can be. But at the same time, you're like, oh, man, my kid just left. So, yeah. you know, I kind of compare it to that. Absolutely. Um, you know, it is what it is right now. Uh, we took we took what we think is a fantastic opportunity to grow this thing. Uh, I think it's going to be better for the fighters, uh, certainly going to be better for the staff. And, you know, we look forward to uh, to seeing what's going to happen. First event was in 2018, right? Yeah, June 2nd, 2018, um, if I can, on this national platform, give a shout-out to Brian Pedersen, who was the first commissioner that gave me, a, gave me a shot and gave me a break. And June 2nd, 2018, we debuted, did a hell of a show, trending number one on Twitter. So, um, you know, that was the start of this, uh, this enjoyable roller coaster ride. And that was in Wyoming, right? Yep. Um, yes. Could you have imagined less than four years later that it would have grown to what it is today and that you would have sold it. Was that part of the plan? I I mean, I mean the dream, the vision was, you know, 10 years from now, someone comes in and gives us some good money and, and, you know, we're all comfortable, but you know, to make it happen three and a half years later, I I, I think it's, it really wasn't in that short term of a plan, but you know, as I always do, man, I just credit my team. I've got this team, this, like I said, this core group of guys and girls, man, that, you know, take a bullet for me. And, you know, I thank them. And, you know, it's it's bittersweet. But here we are, um, entered into this uh, this partnership with Triller. It's hard to even say it because, um, you know, we've had it for so long. But I think it's going to be a good thing. Um, like I said, they have a lot of funding. They're going public. They have um, a tremendous amount of resources, a tremendous amount of influencers, and I think they're going to really help us get to the next level where we need to be and I think really where we deserve to be. Does this change where the events will air, anything like that? No, all the events will stay on the Bare Knuckle TV app where they have been. We are talking to some larger uh, platform partnerships. Uh, we just debuted this last Saturday night with uh, with Disney, um, uh, with Star Plus in Latin America. And we got fantastic reviews from them, which which uh, prompted a meeting in next week Um you know, to talk to talk to Disney International. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of really great uh, possibilities, you know, coming up. But um, right now, just trying to soak this all in and, um, you know, plan for the future. Right. Uh, how many states are you now legalized in? Right now, we're legal in 14. Uh, we plan to be legal in 22 by the end of 22. Uh-huh. And then we should be legal, I think, and anywhere between 30 to 36 by the end of 23. And how many events do you hope to put on in 22? 
Uh, we're going to put in on 24 international events and 18 domestic events, so a total of 42 events. Wow. Three events the first year, six events the second year, nine events the third year, and two 42 events in our fourth year. So Jeez, Louise. Um, we're growing hard. Yeah, we're growing at a, at a great pace. And, and your next event is when? Our next event is uh, March 12th at the Seneca Allegheny Casino in, uh, in New York. Yeah. And so is that, is that going to be different? Like, will it look different? Will it feel different because of the agreement, uh, you know, with, with Triller, you know, acquiring the majority stake of the, uh, the promotion? I think right now, um, uh, these events right now are, are pretty much going to look the same. Um, we're going to definitely enhance them as we move forward and maybe do some things um, to bring more fans to this sport, you know, to surround it with more fans. But right now, uh, everything's going to kind of stay the same. We're just going to try to grow this thing from the outside in now with um, instead of the inside out like we did before. But now we have a lot of influencers, a lot of tools, a lot of marketing capabilities to really, you know, get the eyeballs on this thing. Because I, I don't know how much you watch our sport, but I know that if you watch Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship and you are a combat sports fan, chances are you'll be a, a BKFC fan for life. Uh, I know there was a, uh, a story a few months ago that you were talking to Shaq about getting involved. Whatever became of that? Yeah, I mean, you know, this deal came came about, and um, you know, it's still a possibility. We're talking to Shaq. Shaq's a really great guy. Um, he came to a, a couple of our events, and I was like, "Man, let's get this deal done." And he's like, "Look, man, I have my own money. I just want to help you." But then it came to another another step in the conversation, which I got his uh, his management team involved, and in. you know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, we still have the capability of doing things like that, and that's something I would like to do because I really like the guy, and I think he can. Uh, be a huge influence to uh, to the growth of this. Uh, one thing that I really liked that you announced uh, a few months ago was uh, this pension for fighters, where money wasn't going to be taken out of their purse, but you know you were going to take a percentage of their purse and put it there for them when they retire. This is something that uh, I would love to see in mixed martial arts. Um, is that already in effect? It, it just started to go into effect. Um, the fighters don't even know, but a lot of the fighters on the last card on Knucklemania. Um, are a part of that pension now and moving forward they will be that's actually one of the plans that i talked to ryan about that we really want to we really want to push and uh do a lot of things for the fighters you know give them a chance to have something to fall back on at the same time get them included in in the growth of this company and and just be able to put more money in their pocket there was unfortunately a tragedy uh a few months ago with the the passing of justin thornton after one of your events um could I ask how you felt afterwards? Did it make you think twice about any rules and regulations that you guys have and how, you know, you guys would proceed as a result of this tragedy, you know, this tragedy affecting not only your promotion, but the sport in general, combat sports in general? Um, did it change your mindset when it, you know, when it all happened? Well, you know, Ariel, um, it, it absolutely, um, you know, it affected me. Uh, you know, I went home, I cried a couple of times. It's it's one of those things you never want to see happen, but we're in a sport where, um, you know, the, the object is to to knock the other person out. And unfortunately, Justin Thornton got knocked out and he uh, ultimately passed away um, from complications from that. And it didn't make us go back and rethink our, our protocols because we have um, number one top doc in all of combat sports, Dr. Don Muzi, on our board it did however make us um say that in just we wanted to raise our standard of medicals just for anything in the future so we did that as far as like this state might only require an eye exam or 
blood work. And this day might might require CAT scan, MRI, and 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 blood work. So now we just have that equal across the board. We're at the highest standard for every state. And um, we did um, we have developed a great relationship with Justin Thornton's parents. I learned a lot about him. We launched a Justin uh, Thornton Memorial Scholarship Fund at our event in January, which we're going to put money aside. Uh, Justin was actually a really, a really smart guy. So we're doing a lot of things on that. You know, everything, anything that we can do to improve the quality of, uh, of the health for these fighters we're going to do. And, you know, and if any ultimate tragedy like that ever happens, BKFC was there 100% for, for the family and will continue to be there as long as they need us. Um, do you feel as though that tragedy will preclude some commissions from sanctioning you guys? Is that the feedback that you have gotten? I, I did not get that feedback. And I, I don't think so because it was um, it was more of Justin, um, unfortunately, he fell on his head. Right the way that he fell and that was um technically like called a, a diver's fall okay so it's the same type of fall that could happen really in in anything that you do and that's it wasn't like a a punch you know if i could just say like this like exploded his brain or did anything like that it was a punch that knocked him out like what happened in boxing in boxing or mixed martial arts and he just fell wrong and unfortunately it, it uh, ended up in his death um, one other question about commission stuff. Where do you stand with um, you know that 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 event that happened in Montana, where then ABC came out and suspended everyone because they said that you guys, you know, weren't being overseen by the Montana Commission. Uh, where do you stand with that state, and and why did it go down that way? Why did you not, well, you know, allow there yourself? Is not to be a, there is not a commission in Montana, so okay. that's it was a it was a misconception. Um, what we're supposed to do is just bring it out in actually we can self-regulate you know like some of the larger organizations go overseas in europe and asia and they self-regulate and we were allowed to do that in montana however we brought in the iska which is a sanctioning body that helps sanction some major sports organizations combat sports organizations in the country so we actually went a step a step above and beyond what we were supposed to do and you know i do feel like we were treated unfairly um, and having the fighters suspended because uh, there are other bare knuckle events that took place in the state of Montana and other mixed martial arts events and boxing events for that matter. And none of those fighters were suspended, just bare knuckle fighting championship fighters. So that's something, you know, that obviously raised our eyebrows and is going to make is making us take a deeper look at what happened. We are going back to Montana on um, April 30th and we are going to bring in the state of Kansas. Uh, Adam, Adam Rohrbach is going to oversee that. So we are going now another step beyond to make sure that we're doing everything right. But, you know, for, for 10 years and especially the three and a half years in business, all I did was run toward regulation. I've never run away from regulation. That would, I'm trying to grow this thing in, you know, we're coined as the fastest growing combat sport in the world. And now we're partnering with a company like Triller and we're trying to blow this thing up to be the biggest that it can be. So to think that I would run away from regulation, you know, it's just, just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, you have a rich history um, in, in combat sports, your father was a, a fighter, a promoter as well. You were, I think you dabbled a little bit in, in the fight game as well and dabbled a little bit in promotion. Ultimately, what, uh, and I think your brother as well, uh, involved in some like really famous celebrity fights, right? Tanya Harden, Tanya Harding. Did, did he promote Rodney King versus a cop? He did. It's funny, man. Rodney King actually lived in my house with me for a little bit. And- Come on. 
and I drove by and my dad was just like a rough, tough dude, man, like crazy old, rough, tough dude, grew up on his own. And, um, I was driving down the street and I, and I lived right down the street. So I called my dad and like, dad, man, you got Rodney King raking your leaves. He's like, yeah, I just got done feeding him. That's the least he can do. <laughs> it was just funny. my dad, but, um, but Rodney King was, a ended up being a really good friend of the family. He came to a lot of our events and what a, what a really, really good dude he was. Unfortunately, he, uh, he died in some tragic accident in a pool, but, um, really, really good guy, but so many guys that he had fighting for him, but, you know, a lot of the guys, as I was growing up, um, my dad was a Hall of Fame boxing trainer, and our, our our home turned into a basically a training camp. We had, you know, like ten fighters there at a time, and you know, we we grew up that way and kind of forced into boxing. Two of those fighters actually were on death row. Wow. It's crazy, like just the environment that I lived in growing up, um, learning really about about life itself. Um, you know, the hard way all the way up to um, you know where we are now. And ultimately, why do you go the BK route? Like, what what opens your? What, why don't you go the traditional boxing route, MMA route? Why did you go this route? I, I I did do boxing. I did do mixed martial arts, and I was actually pretty successful at mixed martial arts. I was promoting about forty shows a year. It was just that it wasn't going. You know, it it was good. It was good money on that level, but it was never something that could really go anywhere further. I mean, as you see, just another mixed martial arts organization, unless you're funded with millions and millions and millions of dollars, you can't go anywhere. So I actually met one of these fighters uh, that boxed on one of my cards in Arizona, and his name was Bobby Gunn. He is a, a an Irish traveler, and he would tell me about how they would do those those uh, fights. Um, the traveler fights where they would have this family fight that family in a field and they would fight and they would bet money on it to solve family disputes. And I dug into it and I'm like, man, this thing, I think this thing can be something. So I actually, um, August 5th, 2011, I did event on a, on, at a native casino in Arizona, the Fort McDowell casino, 5,500 people in attendance with one bare knuckle fight and um, almost 700,000 people logged in to watch the event, but the, uh, the, the site crashed at that time. And it just gave me, you know, like excitement, like, man, this is something different. Cause no way was 700,000 people ever logging in to see one of my mixed martial arts fights. So I just, you know, press forward for the next eight, nine years, try to get it regulated and legalized. And then, uh, June 2nd, 2018, Brian Pedersen said, let's do it. And, you know, that's kind of all she wrote. And you've had some uh, some big events. Artem Lobov, Pauli Malinaji, uh signing Paige was a really big deal. Paige Van Zandt, of course. Um, do you feel as though now, like, you hear about someone becoming a free agent, as you say. Do you feel as though the fighters are interested in you guys, not only because you're willing to pay them a lot, but because they're actually interested? Like, we just spoke to Chad Mendez, right? And he said he got paid more uh, for his fight than he ever did any UFC fight, including the Conor McGregor fight, but he wasn't sure. He wasn't quite sure. Now he's loving it, and it seems like the door is open. Do you still feel like you have to sell people on this, or do you feel like you guys are a household name enough amongst the fighters to where they're like, all right, let's see what's up with Bare Knuckle? I think we're almost right there, um, Ariel. I don't think we're quite there to where they all come out of free agency and go, let's let's see if BKFC is one of the options. You know, it, it does take a a, a different type of fighter to fight here, someone that's willing to, you know, really get in there and bang it out and, and not afraid to walk away with scars and things like that, 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 that may happen. But the miss, you know, the misconception about bare knuckle is that it is like a backyard street fight and that people get, you know, get all these injuries. But the reality of it is, is 
we have data from our first fight all the way up until our last fight, which shows that we have less facial fractures, less concussions, and even less handbrakes than boxing or mixed martial arts. The only thing we really have more of is, is lacerations. Wow. That does surprise yeah. me, uh, just based off the photos and, and, and the footage. Um, and okay, so so just curious, is there anyone, because I, I saw you post something and maybe it was this, but just to make sure that you signed a, a massive deal. Were you referring to this or were you referring to a fighter? Yeah. I was referring to this, but okay. in the interim, I was able to get um, two other free agents that are coming up that we're going to probably announce in the next day or two, hopefully that. Um, what do you got? No better uh, time than now, David. I mean, let's go. Yeah, they're actually still under contract, or I would definitely drop it right now. Oh, so okay. I don't, I don't want to. I don't Got want to mess them up. So big, big, big names. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty big names. Yep. Um, I mean, we're going after the biggest name, but we'll see what happens there. The biggest name. The biggest name in free agency. Interesting. Would 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 he be a heavyweight? Could be. Wow, you guys are going to make a play for Francis when oh, he's available. Play. Um, if he's. I'm not sure if he's out of that window yet, but um, we're definitely making a play for him. Wow. Do you feel like you're in the in the game? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, at at that stage you're talking about money, right? And right. if if we can if we can back that kind of money up, we're in the game. Um I don't think we're out of the game for anything right now, to be honest with you. You know, we have a we have a good partner that we just partnered with that likes to think outside the box, likes to just to disrupt things as as we do. And I think that there's a great opportunity for us to get the biggest and best names out there. At the same time, grow these guys that are fighting on the undercard because I don't know if you did watch Knuckle Mania, but if you don't if you didn't go back and watch it because the um the first six or seven fights were like un- unlike any I've ever seen so far. Definitely the best start to any card that we've ever had. I mean just tremendous fight. So these these guys and girls are really the you know the future stars of our sport. But at the at the same time, I want to bring these big names in, so it you know attracts sure. a lot of people, so they can see what we're doing. So it's kind of you know bring up the guys at the same yeah. time, bring this big name in, and everybody gets you know the best of both worlds. And you, and you think you can afford them? Um, I, th- I think we can. Yes. Okay. Uh, w- what happened with Diego Sanchez? It seemed like he was going to you guys, but then he went to Eagle. Yeah, you know what, Diego, I was just a little bit concerned, um, you know, about everything that was going on with him. And then I finally made the decision to, yeah, let's give him a shot. And he he wanted to go to Eagle, but, you know, he's been messaging me the whole time that, you know, we'll see what happens with that fight. I'd love to come back over to BKFC. So we'll see what happens. Look, at at the end of the day, I really want to make sure that that these fighters, you know, health and well-being are, are taken after or looked after or taken care of more than anything. So, it, you know, if, if it looks like in this upcoming fight that he can perform great, I'd love to bring him over. But, um, you know, he's a great name and, and a great warrior and a legend in the sport. Paige going to fight for you again? I think so. Um, we're in talks with him right now. I'd, I'd love to have her come back in uh, late spring, early summer, if that's what we're talking about. So we just got to kind of see where her head is. I think you had her husband on yep. today. or Yeah, yeah. So I think they want to get through that fight first before they talk about what's next for her. Okay. Uh, are you happy with that? Like, like, would you do it all over again, sign her? Because I think that was the biggest deal you had at the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely would have. I mean, at that time, it was the most money that I ever spent on an event. And it was also the most money I ever brought into an event. Huh. So um, it worked. You know, it doesn't work 
I don't want every big name that pops for free agency because they're not all going to work for us. There's certain names that are going to work that are worth, you know, double to us what they are for another organization, but they're worth it to us because they're going to bring those kind of eyeballs to us, you know, and that's, that's why we spend that kind of money on those kind of fighters. But, you know, uh, we want to just keep taking care of, of the younger guys and the guys coming up on the bottom of our organization, you know, of our roster as well. The guys that are climbing up to the top now want to make sure they're taken care of. And I think this deal is going to help us do that even more than we've already done. Even though the sport is more like boxing than MMA, it does feel like more of your fan base is in MMA. It feels like the MMA media covers you more than the boxing media. And it seems like the fighters that you sign and, and, and target are MMA fighters rather than boxers. Why is that, in your opinion? I just think the boxers are a little more tentative to uh, to get in there right now. But I, I think that's starting to change because we're getting reached out to by a lot of top-tier boxers now. But um, I think with... You know, with mixed martial arts, you're getting hit with an elbow, you're getting hit with a shin, you're getting hit with that sharp kind of uh, object, if you will, the same as, as you know, would refer to with a with a bare fist. Um, and I think that the boxers are just not sure if they want to get hit with something like that. But, you know, we, now we're starting to get a lot more come over. I think, um, you know, I put two rules into Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship that I call like the great equalizer. But the, re- the real one is the Muay Thai clinch when they grab the back of the boxer's neck. It just throws the boxer really off their game. So I think that's where the advantage with the mixed martial artist comes in in this sport. But, you know, obviously the boxers have better hands, but are they tougher? Or, you know, who's tougher? Who can who can take what in this sport? And that's who really wins. It's it's really it's a different sport. As you see, it's it's really you have to be a different type of animal to fight in this sport. And and you have to have a different level of toughness. And I think that we have. I won't say that we have the most skilled fighters in the world all around, but we definitely have the baddest fighters in the world in our organization. Have you ever met Dana White? I actually have met Dana White. I met Dana White a long time ago. I uh, I don't think he would remember it, but I was at a fight in Atlantic City, and it's just when I did one of these underground fights. Actually, I did the fight in Arizona. It was about uh, six months later, and I jumped over the barricade, and I tapped him on his shoulder. And like, I just did that fight because Sports Illustrated uh, wrote something about it in ESPN.com. And he's like, yeah, I heard about it. He's like, you'll never get that sanction. I'll never be legal. And, you know, me being the the person I was back there that nobody could tell me anything. I was like, isn't that what they told you, man? I'll see you at the top. And I walked away from him. And I'm like, yeah, I'll see you at the top. Like, I can't believe I just said that to him. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not saying we're at the top, but here we are. We're, we're talked about in in this in the same sentences now. So. We're not there yet by any means, so I don't want anybody thinking that we think we are, but I think that we have, um, with this new partnership, I think we have the uh, the roadmap to get there. That is that is a crazy story, and uh, good on you for having the, the cojones to do that. So, um, so all right, so Triller's your new, uh, your new partner, uh, majority stake. You're not going to tell us how much? I mean, I, I would imagine you're set now, right? I mean, you can, can you retire now? You're good? Um, I can't retire yet. Um, soon okay but you know all the guys lives have just changed i mean they don't know it yet because they, they don't know what's coming to them but my guys lives have changed and i said that there's no way you know we, we didn't go through all the blood sweat and tears that we went through and you had to be here sometimes to really see what we went through and when i can tell the story i think everybody will really understand the humble beginnings that we had you know not being able to take paychecks for years 
at a time, not, you know, really struggling just to pay our bills, just to put on a great product and to get where we are now. And, you know, to be able to even say it to you that my guys' lives are going to change is just, you know, it, it's an unbelievable statement for me. And I thank, um, I thank Ryan Cavanaugh and Triller for uh, giving us that opportunity to be able to do that to my guys, man. It's an amazing feeling when you can help somebody else. Yeah, I would imagine it's a, it's an, a very emotional moment for you. I saw a clip on, I believe it was your Instagram, where I think you're shooting a documentary and you were talking yeah. about, you know, your one regret in life was maybe spending a little more time with your family, but you had to work so hard and your guys are great family men and whatnot. And uh, I think that's uh, something that every father kind of and husband, you know, tries to juggle as they try to achieve their dream. So I appreciate you saying that. And it seemed like it was very sincere. Um, just curious, by the way, uh, the triad combat stuff, will your guys be involved in that? Like, will that all be under the same umbrella now? No. Um, I, I mean, there's a possibility that, you know, you might pick one guy and say, Hey, does he want to fight here? But BKFC will still stand on its own. That's okay. what I want to say. In fact, we will stand on our own on our own. We will be on bare knuckle TV and we will now have the help assistance and every resource that Triller has to grow bare knuckle fighting championship into the biggest combat sport organization it can be. Okay. Also fight TV, right? Yeah. Uh, we're on fight TV. Um, we have this, th this past event was really groundbreaking for us. Um, Ariel, we were in our, our first time we were in this many, we, we were broadcasting 60 different countries around the world. Wow. Um, estimated 17 million live viewers on that show, which is, you know, for this thing that started out in a warehouse, right? In a warehouse, having 10 people in there watching the fight, filming it, just to capture it to 17 million people around the world watching it. You know, it's just, it's an unbelievable, giving me chills feeling yeah, right man. now because we're at a point where, you know, like I said, I can not only change my guys' lives, but I mean, now I can do so much more for the fighters, man. And these, most of the fighters, most of our guys and girls are just really with us. They love this sport. They love what we're doing. And if I can get a chance to help them and help the guys with me and really give the the fans, I mean, this is the most entertaining sport in the world, I believe. I believe it's the, 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 the most fast-paced, most exciting, and probably the most uh, superficially brutal combat sport on the planet right now and you know it's something that everybody likes to watch and i want to give the fans something great to watch i want to give the media you know stuff to talk about and i want to help everybody that we can help i mean that's the one thing about being having a chance to be a little more successful is now you have the opportunity to help people and that's a big thing for me always has been and and will just continue to be even on a bigger scale now congratulations Thank you for coming on and doing this. It was great to talk to you for the first time on the show. And uh, I wish you and, and the entire team nothing but success. Thanks for having me, Ariel. I appreciate it. All right. There he is, David Feldman, the founder, the president of BKFC. Some breaking news. Uh, Frank, we have that? Uh, Triller has acquired a majority stake uh, BKFC. I was told it's, oh, there it is right over there. Uh, I was told that, uh, it's, it's, it's a very sizable portion of it all. And, uh, it's another, I guess, uh, feather in the cap of Ryan Kavanaugh, who is, uh, gobbling up a lot of uh, entities and now they're getting involved in the BKFC world. And, and whether you are a fan of it or not, and I've talked about it, how I feel like at times it's a little gruesome and whatnot, you can't knock the success that they've had. There's definitely interest in it. All fighters speak very 
um, glowingly of the experience. We just had Chad Mendez on. So curious to see where it goes from here. 42 events in 2022 and is an amazing amount of events. Um, so I wish him the best and I congratulate them and I appreciate them coming on and making this announcement. All right. Uh, that does it for my interview with uh, David Feldman and all of our interviews coming up in a bit on the nose. I'll answer your questions coming up next GC with his weekend bets. But first, all right, here he is the pride of Georgia, big BKFC fan. Huge. Yeah. Huge. You're pumped. Good interview. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I after that one. I mean, I, I I heard you guys clapping in the back. You had no idea this was going down. Um, what a I mean, day! It's, what it's an announcement! Big news for the promotion. Yeah, true. it is. Why are you laughing? I'm agreeing with you. I don't know what's so funny. Uh, what about that Gayer Musasi? Huh? I mean, <laughs> I already had a bet on him. I, like, how could you not? Oh bet, my god! For that guy, Vanderford's great, but I mean, Gayard is just. He's it was top notch. How can you not like him? Sometimes you get him and he's like a little bit salty. He's a little bit upset. He's a little. Dr- this time I was like, damn, Gegard, this is amazing. Yeah, I guess that was my first official Gegard oh, yeah. experience. It was a fantastic. It's not always one. like that. That's become the norm. It's not always like that, but golly, he is amazing. He's, he's a character and a legend. And yeah. so I wonder. So you say you, you've uh, you've placed a bet on Gegard? Where should we start? Should we start with yeah. Bellator? Oh, man. Where do we start? There's, yeah. there's a lot going on this week. There's a lot going on. I uh, mean, UFC, Bellator, Dublin. LFA, oh, I was, looking at, uh, I was looking at our good friends over at Tapology. You can kind of break it down via... Yeah. Um, uh, no, no, no. I, I see Jed saying that I, I'm, I'm taking shots at him, the pride of Georgia. No, the, you can have multiple prides of Georgia. No, no, no. There's just one? <laughs> this is coming down between me and Jed. This is... Golly. This right here. I mean, like, we got the Georgia G. I just got my oh. national championship gear. And... You know what? I didn't notice that. That's new. Yep. This yeah, just this came? Is the, yeah, this is the national championship uh, pennant. Yeah, so that's got nice. That. Got a nice uh, sweater. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Wow. There it is. Yep. It's official. It's official. I got a flag hanging in my house now. A flag? Yeah. yeah outside the house or inside the house? Inside the house. Okay. I think I'm still young enough to pass that off. Yeah, you, know? you could do that. I got a roommate. It's it's not too serious yet. So yeah, we no. got the flag hanging. It is always weird when you have like a neighbor who puts the flag outside. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. My parents are big small flags. They they have like the little garden flag. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah, they nice. get a lot of those. Uh, my good friend Chuck Minnell has a massive flagpole outside his house, and he puts a Denver Broncos uh, thing. Listen, yeah. teach his own. Uh, we've got one championship. We've got Belter two seventy five. We have PFL Challenger Series two, LFA, ACA, KSW, UFC. Those are the major organizations yeah. in action. Yeah, I think we've got weekend. Fury FC going too. I've seen a couple lines on that. I haven't gotten the one championship full circle odds yet, though. I cannot find them anywhere. Can you hit up Chachri real quick to get those Yeah, one posted? second. Let me just give like, him a quick call here. Hey, Chach. <laughs> I mean, we need the lines up, man. I'm envisioning like a, a March Madness-esque Friday. You know, you wake up, coffee oh. with the one championship yeah. full circle. Then you have the lunch, uh, you know, bangers and mash or whatever it is for, for Bellator yeah. Dublin. And then a nightcap of LFA and, and PFL Challenger Series. I don't, I can't imagine a better Friday than that. I feel like you have really owned the PFL Challenger Series beat. Like I feel I mean, like this is my, your thing. <laughs> oh, we have, we've yet to lose yet. I think Bellator Burke's been reincarnated as PFL Challenger Series. Connor, I'm, I'm so, down with that. I mean, that uh, is we'll amazing. see if we can keep it going this week. Fubo TV, you're a big fan. 
my roommate actually subscribes to it, so it made it very easy for me. I got the Fubo app on my on my smart TV. Although I think so. it's free. Uh, well, like he's got a subscription, so it made it easy. Okay, fair it enough. Made it easy. Why, why, um, why would someone just? I'm not hating. I just don't know. Like, why would someone have a subscription to that? I don't know. Okay. I have no clue. Like, what is on Fubo? He's got a bunch. He's got a bunch of different ones. But okay, and he pays for that. Nah, I think it's his parents. I think okay. the old roommates work mm-hmm. gives him one. Um, yeah. Enough about my TV setup, though. <laughs> We're right back at it on Saturday, KSW at noon. So, I mean, it's a jam-packed weekend. Thank God. No, you know, there's no NFL anymore. There's no, well, it is college basketball season for you. Yeah, it's heating up. So heating up. Heating up yeah. um, all right, so where are we starting? Uh, I guess we'll just, I guess like the breakdowns we'll give is the US, UFC. We'll, we'll do the UFC. Yeah, do whatever you want. Breakdowns. I mean, this we'll, is your show, right. bro. I mean, got, we got six singles. Kind of scattered out. We're going light again, though. I feel like I feel like we've found a nice groove of going light on the cards we're a little bit less confident in, and then choosing our spots on these pay-per-view cards where we can kind of go a little bit heavier. We will start it off, though. Our first single, uh, Ramiz Brahima. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take him by submission over Michael Gilmore. So not overly confident in Brahimaj at the huge odds that he's at. I think he's like minus 360 straight up. Um, but one of his strengths is kind of Gilmore's weakness. I mean, how does Brahima win? Submission, nine pro wins, all of them coming by submission. How does Gilmore lose? By submission, four pro losses, three by submission. Plus, when he lost on the Ultimate Fighter, he got choked out there as well. Uh, like I said, don't really trust Brahima at minus 360. I'm going to take his specialty, how he's gotten every single one of his pro wins so far. I will take him by submission at small plus money. I'll throw a half unit on that. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. yeah. <laughs> the people at home can't see, but you just went to work on a on a coconut. <laughs> water. You got me, man. I mean, <laughs> did you have to stop your sentence mid coconut water drink? I mean, so I got a screen right here that's just you. It's like the Zoom callers, and I, you know, that's a thirty-two ouncer. That isn't light work. Though. Show show the people. I mean, yeah, I love this. You, and if we can I mean, go yeah, there, we, we get go. to go. Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of coconut. Vi- water. Yeah, Vita Coco. Yeah, you like Vita Coco? They're not paying me to do this. I was going to say, yeah, you're paying for that when we get it for free here through work. You do? Oh, the one upstairs. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's one of the best parts of working at Box. You get the uh, the little snack bar. Yeah, the snack lounge. I'm hoping now that more people come to the office, there's going to be even more snacks up there. Yeah, it's me and Mysterious, little slight, yeah, uh, me mysterious little Frank, we're, uh, we're holding out for the cottage cheese to come back. <laughs> That's usually how we start our mornings, but... We could do a whole segment just on those snacks. You yeah. like the cottage cheese. Frank likes the cottage cheese. Yeah. Uh, I love olives. But Eric loves, uh, you know, New York Rick likes the the olives in like a like in a pochette. I don't know what to call it. Like it's like a little baggy. It's a packet of olives. Yeah. Yeah, but it's weird. Straight it's, olives. It's very oily. It's very messy. Who's just walking around <laughs> popping olives in their mouth? Well, I you think know? the first time you tried them, you were driving home. So like, it was again, a mess. The disaster. It was that a disaster. The steering wheel just getting all greasy. I should have just saved them for yeah. you know. Yeah. That night, I, put them in a salad yes. or something, that, right? That, now you're taking my ideas. Right. I gave you that idea. Yes, you did. You did. You I, did. I, I still bring in the salad, then I add the olives. Yeah, the olives I can do like two or three, and then I'm done with it's it. And there's like 15 of them in there. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. What was that, Frank? I don't think you're supposed to take the snacks home. Well, I mean, it's like I'm walking home with it. I mean, I'm getting All my right. car. What do you mean? 
It's yeah, a long trek back to uh, Jersey. By the way, I'm not like filling up my uh, my backpack <laughs> with snacks just for the record. I mean, how do we know? Like, did you take a milk carton the other day? So you don't. No, stop I didn't. The grocery store. But you know, it is it's actually not a bad idea because there's a lot of good snacks. There's chips. There's uh, yeah. a peanut butter bar that I usually yeah. like. Uh, just fig bar. Cokes. Frank's a big fan of the Cokes. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, Cokes, loves... just like straight up Coke. Yeah, Coca Cola. All right. I didn't yeah. see that. Good coffee machine up there. Anyway. Great coffee machine. All right. We got deep there. Yeah, we got yeah, deep. Yeah. Let's get it back on track here. Single number two, uh, Terrence McKinney, Ferez am. We are going to take this fight to not go the distance. I got it at minus 110 as soon as it dropped yesterday. I've been waiting on this one to drop. I think this is a great line for this one. I was talking to Rick about it on Monday after the show. I was like, if I can get these odds, because I saw it at other books that I couldn't bet on. It's like, if I can get it at the odds, then I'm going to have to take it on this one. I think I took it last time when they were supposed to fight at like minus 185, so I gladly threw a unit on it at minus 110. Yes, Zayam, his three UFC fights have gone to a decision, but at almost even odds, you got Terrence McKinney in a fight. He's seen one third round in 14 professional fights. He's never been to a decision. He's super aggressive. He has huge knockout power. He can also get submissions. I'll take the risk at almost even odds for this fight to not go the distance. This line, unfortunately, is gone if you have not bet it. Um, I think... It's now a DraftKings minus 200, so uh, it paid to jump on this one, but I will take it at minus 110. All right. I, I, I like Terry McKinney a lot. Great character, great yeah. young fighter, had yeah. that great quick knockout. Yeah, me too, man. I mean, he brings aggression. He has exciting fights, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go the distance and we can catch that ticket. Uh, he said he wants to put Ziam to sleep, so hopefully he can do that. Uh, next up. I'm I believe going... it's pronounced Ziam. I think he told me that. Yeah. And I just... Through well, let's see how the next one goes. Not this one. The one yeah. coming up later. <laughs> You've been waiting on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Misha Serkinov. Another good line on this one. Minus 110. I'm going to take him over Wellington Tournament. The co-main event of the evening. Two guys, two and three in their last five. Um, probably going to be a little bit sloppy on the feet in this one, but I think the ground is where Serkinov, I think, will have an advantage there despite uh, Tournament training with, with Glover Teixeira. He's going to have a pretty big size advantage. Three-inch height, five-inch reach advantage. He's Definitely going to be the bigger guy in this one. Uh, Termin, to me, he doesn't really pose any sort of KO threat. The last knockout he had was six years ago. It was a guy that was 0-11, who finished his MMA career 0-17. So, yeah, he's not really much of a knockout artist. So, when it is on the feet, I think Serkinov will be able to, you know, survive it. And uh, I think it's going to go to the ground. He's going to use the grappling and either get a sub or a ground and pound and be able to finish uh, Wellington Termin in this fight. Well, okay. Canada's own, Latvia's own, Misha Serkinov. Yeah, shout out to Misha Serkinov. Uh, next up, here it G. comes. Yong Kim. Well, I, I believe our friend uh, Yong G. Kim. No, uh, I believe our friend <laughs> he screwed, Kim uh, G. Young. Yes, there it is. Our friend E. K. sent us a voice note, and he said it was Kim Ji Yun. Yes, E. K. Yoon. We're uh, we're deep with the Korean representation That's here. That's right. Correcting us on how to actually pronounce these names. I'm down. I'm down with that. I'm very I love down. That. I, I love being correct. It's 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 a good thing. Uh, but yes, I'm going to take her over Priscilla Cachoeira. That's another <laughs> tough name. Kind of a t- kind of a tough name battle here. Cachoeira. Cachoeira. Mm-hmm. I wrote out a vernacular like a like a. I wrote catch o era. Yeah, it's not so, bad. I mean, it was pretty yeah. close. It's pretty close. Uh, yeah, so I think this one is going to be a striking battle. Combined 13 fights between the two women here. They've never successfully completed a takedown. So I think they're just going to stay standing for the 15 minutes in a striking affair. I have to give the advantage to Kim in this one. She has a 7-inch reach advantage. She absolutely throws more volume. She's averaging 90 significant strikes in her last three fights. Uh, meanwhile, Cachoeira, 
she has never landed more than 75. The one concern I do have, Cachoeira does, you know, have knockout power. She's got two knockouts in the UFC. Um, but I just don't really see that happening. Kim, she's never been finished in 15 pro fights. Um, and when Cachoeira isn't knocking people out, you know, she throws these huge looping shots. She, she swings and misses. I think she leaves herself open to counter shots. So in a stand-up match, 15 minutes, I'm going to side with the fighter with a huge reach advantage, volume advantage. I think she has better striking defense, and that would be with Ji on Kim. Kim Ji on. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, to the main event. Oh, here we go. I have two bets on this one. Okay. First up, I'm going to take the over one and a half in this one at minus 160. Interesting. I mean, yes. that's a bold one in its own right. Some people think that Islam's going to go in there and steamroll yeah. Bobby. I think Islam is going to win the fight. I, just, I, I don't think it's a great matchup for Bobby Green. I don't think Islam is going to give in to the striking affair that Bobby Green typically has in his fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to respect Bobby Green's durability. I mean, since 2011, 22 fights he has been finished one time, and that was against Dustin Poirier. Um, he just doesn't give up. He's not coming in here just for a paycheck. You know, he does have decent wrestling as well. I went back and watched the Clay Guida fight. Mm-hmm. Guida had his back a couple times. He was able to fight off submission attempts. Um you know, I think he's going to be able to survive through the over one and a half. So halfway through the second round. I like it. Respect but for Bobby. It, I do respect Bobby. I mean, how can you not respect him for picking this up? He said it on the show on Monday. Like, you know, but you're going. I, I see got, where this is going. You're going inside the distance. <laughs> is that where this is going? Which is that leads to the next match. Yes, yes. Uh, for this one, I am going to be taking Islam Makashev inside the distance um, at minus 187. Uh I just think eventually Islam is just going to wear on him round after round, uh, and I just don't, like I said, I just don't think he's going to stand and bang with with Bobby Green. Like he's not dumb; he has a super high fight IQ. It just seems like he's always one step ahead. And like a weird stat that I found: he's never taken more than thirteen significant strikes in a UFC fight. He's never been hit with more than thirteen. Wow. I don't know why it's thirteen, but three times it's been thirteen. And it's just, it's never gone over that. I don't know why 13 is the limit where I guess he just goes for a takedown or something. So uh, I don't think he's going to stand and trade. I think he's going to get down to the ground. And I think eventually he's going to be able to sink in a choke, you know, in rounds three, four, or five and uh, get Bobby Green out of there. Yeah. I think most people are going to go. I mean, what is at this juncture, what is Bobby Green money line? Boy, I mean, you can't get Islam for less than 800 now. Uh, you can get Bobby Green at plus 600 on DraftKings right now. Wow. That's a big payout. Yeah. You can throw 20 bucks on that and get 120 back. Yeah, not bad. Um, all right, so those are the singles. Uh, we can recap them real quick. Six, six singles. Brahim by Sub. McKinney Ziam. Uh, Ziam doesn't go the distance. Serkinov. Kim. Ziam Makachev Green. Over one and a half. <laughs> Makachev inside the distance. Those are the singles. Okay. Uh, and then I got two quick parlays for you. What do we got? First one. Jonathan Martinez. Uh, I will take him over Alejandro Perez. Um, you know, my worry if you're backing Perez in this one, he can get kind of gun shy. He doesn't throw a ton of volume. I mean, we've seen him land less than 50 strikes in four of his last five fights that have gone a decision. Plus, like, his chin is kind of suspect. I know Martinez got knocked out by Davy Grant, but... It, I still favor his chin in this spot, and I do think he has more power to be able to put Perez out. I think he's also going to have a size advantage here. He's got better output, and at only 27, I think he's getting better uh, with each fight that he gets in, so I think he'll have the advantage and will be able to beat Alejandro Perez. Second one, Rodriguez Petrosin doesn't go the distance. That's just two or 
two killer be killed guys. Petrosian, he's never gone to the scorecards. Rodriguez, five is his last six. Haven't seen a third round. And I mean, Robocop, last time out, I bet on him to uh, against Jun Young Park. I mean, he was wobbled bad. Like, he, he had me nervous. He was wobbled bad. So I, I think someone is going to go out in that one. And then uh, the second parlay, this is actually a multi-week parlay. I'm going to start it with Islam Makashev outright. Oh, and wow. then I'll take it into UFC 272 and take Umar Nurmagomedov and uh, Manon Fiore. And and why is that? I just think these are good lines. I, I, I You just wanted to grab them. I think, you don't I usually think all, do this sort yeah, of thing. Th- yeah, I think all three of them are going to win. Okay. So, yeah, I usually don't. I usually do not. I actually I actually have a couple uh couple of parlays that kick off this weekend, but I'll I'll just post those. There's no need to get too deep in the weeds. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's Brian Kelleher just uh posted that that fight is at 145. I doubt it changes your opinion of the fight. The one yes. against Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I think um, I still got Umar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um all right, so you think you'll do a little uh, Bellator action, of course. Oh, Bellator for sure. I mean, I've already locked in. I locked in Liam McCord at plus 110, uh, Danny McCormick, Nealon, Danny Nealon, Danny McCormick. I, I'm not... What about uh, the main event? Uh, so I took Musasi and parlayed him with uh, Jornel Lugo at minus 122. Okay, so no single on Musasi. No single on Musasi. I mean, uh, when I took him, he was minus 220. Uh, Brett Jones? I'm, yeah, I see him minus 225 here. Vanderford uh, plus 185. Yeah. Honestly? I mean, I guess the wrestling could be a big factor in this one. Yeah, it feels appropriate. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great fight. I mean, I'm super excited for I'm it, especially after those two it. interviews. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to I mean, anytime I get to see Musasi fight, he looked great in his last fight, especially towards the end. And again, we're so, you know, there's so much MMA right now. Whenever you have a crowd that's a part of the story as well, it just makes it that much more exciting. For sure, I'm for sure. I'm actually, I'm actually going against Kavanaugh. I'm going against the People's Main Event. Uh... Yeah, you mean Sinead Kavanaugh or John Kavanaugh? <laughs> Sinead Kavanaugh. Okay. Well, I'm I mean, they're both. They're both. Uh... Right. Yeah. SPG Ireland's going to be yeah. there. And well, it's like you know, it's I- Ireland versus Ireland. Um, so yeah, it's cool. I went to that arena once, 2014, Conor McGregor versus Diego Brandao. Uh, Ten thousand people there, maybe the loudest crowd that I've ever been. Wow. Subjected yeah, to. I mean, looking back on it, that's that's a pretty legendary match to be. Yes, at. sir. All right, G City. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I was looking quickly at the questions. I think there's a question for you here, so uh, don't go too far away. Yeah, I know you like by. to sort of, you roam. know, roam yeah. the offices and go whatnot. Check out the over snack there. lounge. Right, right, right. Uh, so please do stick around. For now, though, uh, we must go to everyone's. I'm going to go chronological here. Everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. It's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA fans. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has arrived to hear from the man himself, Ariel Helwani. Live from the Box Studios in beautiful New York City, it's on the nose. Yes. And now, to answer your questions, get out of your seats and on your feet because here he is, Ariel Helwani. Wait for it. Ah, nailed it. That was great. I mean, the production value has just reached a whole other level here. That is amazing. All right, time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. And it is time for On the Nose, where we answer your questions and try to, in the most unfiltered, unbiased, honest, authentic, genuine way possible, there is no other segment in MMA like this. 
dare I say. And uh, Frank, I don't know if you're still with us, but if we can get some breaking news. Breaking news, El Cubano has been unseated once again. Pecan Pie up in this was the uh, first one to the stage. And his question is as follows. Is Hamza Chemaev versus Gilbert Burns still the plan for April 9th? Can you confirm this with any Vegas cab driver? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could do that. It has gone a little quiet there. I do think they are going to fight. Last I heard, that was the plan, April 9th. Could it get moved to May? Yeah, sure. Um, but that's still last I heard. Have I been bugging and asking? I've been getting a lot of content about, you know, Hamzat training with Darren Till, and that's all well and good. I even threw out the idea of both of them coming on the program together would be fun. Um, but as of right now, no dice. But yes, I think they will fight, and I can't wait for that fight. Carmine. Uh, hey, Ariel. Chad Mendez fighting in BKFC was the first time, other than Connor, that we saw someone under contract with the UFC fighting elsewhere with no strings attached. I guess so. I mean, I guess you can bring up some of the uh, grappling organizations and whatnot. But yes, fighting. I'd have to rack my brain. Well, back in the day, we saw you know Chuck Liddell fight in Pride. But I get what you're saying. It's a big deal. Do you think there is more of this to come? And why is Chad the guy who's allowed to do this and not GSP Silva and Ganu? Of course, because let's just be real. Chad isn't GSP Silva and Ngannou. Um They kind of felt like, all right, you're not going to fight here. BKFC, not necessarily a competitor. Uh, they're paying you all this money. You've been a good company guy. We'll let you do this. But you know they're not going to let some massive name like GSP just go fight for someone else and not be a part of it, you know, it's a class system. I personally would love to see more of the forbidden door in MMA. Yeah, of course, we would all love that, but I don't think it's happening anytime soon, at least not when it comes to the UFC. Maybe the other promotions, PFL, Bellator, etc. but UFC, tough one. Uh, Newman, hello, Ariel. First, I just wanted to say I thought you handled the Bryce Mitchell interview incredibly well. Thank you. It was riveting stuff. I was in the edge of my seat the entire time. Now, I want to ask you about the stakes of his upcoming fight against Edson Barbosa and your thoughts on the matchup. I've watched Mitchell since tough, and I'm always impressed by his wrestling. But other than Andre Feely, he has beaten a bunch of cans who are no longer in the UFC. Tyler Diamond, Bobby Moffat, Matt Sales, while Barbosa was fighting the top lightweights in the world for the last decade. I just checked the betting odds, and Mitchell's the slight favorite. I agree with that. That's what That would have been my prediction. Do you think he is ready for this level of competition? Yes, I think he's very good. He's younger, obviously. And, you know, Barbosa is great as well. I think Mitchell has a skill set. But to me, this is slight favorite Mitchell, not too big of a favorite, somewhat of a toss-up. And so it would be a big test for him. Remember, he hasn't fought since late 2020 as well. So this is by far the biggest test of his career. And so uh, let us see how he responds. El Cubano, hola Ariel, if you were running the UFC, would you allow Priscilla Cachoeira to fight in your organization after her eye gouge attempts in her previous fight against Jillian Robertson? Hmm. I'm not a big fan of like one and done. Someone um, in the comments, Dean Martin writes, not to mention the allegations of domestic violence from her ex-girlfriend who has a restraining order against her. I don't know about that, um, but... I mean, I don't, I don't love, honestly, no, because here's the thing. She's expendable. The problem is, let's say someone who's fighting in a title fight does that by accident. It never happens. Rarely, if ever happens. 
Um, are you going to do that to them? I would like to think, but again, I just talked about the class system. So I would have no problem if they're like, yeah, we're not down with that. Goodbye. It's not going to be a champion, not going to be a top contender. So what's the point? Trey, Shalom, at the end of their careers, which Canadian interviewer slash journalist will be seen as having a more legendary career, Helwani or Nardwar? I'd love to see you interview Nardwar. P.S. I see the string is still there. Is it still there, for God's sakes? Do we have a knife? What can I do? Scissors? Can I cut this off with like one of those like army knives? I don't know. Yes, it's still there. I didn't touch it. Now it's even more annoying. Um, I'm sorry. I don't mean to trigger your OCD or anything like that. Uh, Nardwar is a legend. If I'm talked about in the same conversation, sentence, circles as him, that would be a great accomplishment. But I'm not done. Not by a long shot. Baby! Uh, Hugo knows. Question for the great GC, a.k.a. G-City. This is the one that I saw. You there? I am here. With your sports betting earnings, what is the biggest thing you have bought for yourself? In 2019, I have all my bet slips. Still where I made it to 3K and put a down payment on the car, I now have, uh, I have now, which is a 2020 Corolla hatchback. Some of the bets that hit big that I can remember, Tracy Cortez contender series fight, a lot of live plays, and cheeky all-ins on sizable favorites. So I guess the question is, uh, what have you done with some of your biggest earnings? Wow. He put a down payment on a car. That's uh, yeah. It always feels a little bit cooler when you do something with betting earnings. I bought an Xbox. I've wow. never done anything like a car payment. Okay. Uh, you know, I've paid partially for some trips with it. Uh, 2019, when I had Virginia to win the national championship, I, I got a pretty sizable amount from that. And I uh, yeah, got some shoes with that. And no, no down payments on any cars. Okay. So just like some... Kind of like trinkets, toys, selfish things. Always selfish, yeah. <laughs> Joe got some AirPods a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah, with from what? Winnings. DraftKings winnings. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, and uh, once again, we're doing 150 and 50, right? No, 125 this week. Keep screwing that up. All right. No, we're doing 200, 200. and 50 next week. Yeah, join the DraftKings. Look, right. it's up. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Luis C. Hi, Ariel. Have you heard about Tatiana Suarez's recovery after her knee surgery? Reached out there, haven't heard back yet. I know uh, we get asked about her a lot. Reached out, haven't heard back. Um, Rami, while reporting is different from training MMA, what valuable life lessons have you learned from the sport itself? Also, favorite fight this weekend is McKinney versus ZM, hoping for a battle. P.S. The growth from GC and Frank in this short amount of time has been awesome to witness. The whole crew has been killing it, and you can start to really feel the chemistry. Wow, how about that compliment, guys? What do you What do you have to say about that, Frank? Frank's not here. Frank, leave. You just got to come. Every time Frank gets a compliment in this segment, he's not there. I'm just, I was speechless. Mm. You ever drink from one of these? There's always a little bit left, and it's always impossible to get it. Look. You have to rip it off. I have to rip open the thing? Yeah. That's crazy. What kind of a barbarian well, are you? Like, how do you recycle that? I just put it in like this. Is it a paper good or is it a plastic good? This? Yeah. It's paper. Is it not? What about the lid? Oh, you're right. These are the deep questions. So what do you do? You rip it off? 
I I just throw it in the bin. <laughs> but I have questioned if that. <laughs> yeah, is yeah that is a good question. I, I feel like if the majority of it is something, then you go with that. And in this case, the majority is. Are you? It's paper. Are you a coconut fan? Yeah, I am actually. I love it. That's great. Anyway, back to the question. Uh, life lesson. Wow, so much respect. Um, you know, just honing the craft of listening, asking follow-ups. Uh, I guess the main thing would be like respect, being trustworthy. That's the main thing. Like that fighters trust me with information. They confide in me that they want to come on. They want to talk about their careers, their high moments, their low moments. That's the best. Um, so, and, and, and that applies to everyday life, right? You want to be respected. You want to be trusted. Loyalty is a really big thing for me. Foxhole. I like foxhole people, people who will be there with you from, you know, the beginning to end, good times, bad times, have your back. And uh, you see a lot of that loyalty in MMA with coaches and training partners. I love that. I love the loyalty. I love the friendship, the foxhole mentality. I love that. Uh, Gaza Brew. What's up, Ariel? Dia do it from Ireland. I totally botched that, I'm sure. Dia do it? Dia do it? Um, what does that even mean? Let's see. A common way to say hello in Gaelic Irish is dia do it. Lucy translated means God to you. Okay, or God be with you. All right. Much love. Um since you ask all the fighters about how much money they are making, I was wondering how much the nose is reeling in this year. Oh, might make the fighters change lanes to journalism. Slant. Ooh, how clever. I'll tell you what. Uh, once the fighters start telling us, or how about this? Once the promotions start telling us how much the fighters make, I'll tell you how much I make. But don't worry about me doing very well. Um, it's been a good time. It's been a good time for Hiawani and Helwani. Uh, Dean Martin, good afternoon, Ariel. If you could pick one UFC storyline from 2020 for ESPN to make a 30 for 30 on, what would it be? Oh, gosh. One from 2021? 2021. 2021. I guess the Connor-Dustin fights, the two fights, January and, and July. The Average AF Podcast. Hey, Ariel, you and Andrew Schultz are two of the most insightful people in the industry, willing to talk about anything and everything without bias. Anyone who knows both of your work will agree. We're going to need a podcast. The insights would be, oh, that would come out of it would be crazy. Hiawani and Hezi, what do you think? I mean, look, I reached out on Twitter, on Instagram. I reached out. I invited him into my home, my studio, to prove that there is no beef, there is no animosity, that I am the king of the jungle, that I am the greatest of all time. He wants to clip off things he wants to doctor things he wants to send me komsi komsa gifts and that's all good i let it roll off my back like a duck and i invite him on nothing crickets nothing oh i got this i got that listen you want to come on in studio the chair here is yours you want to be on via zoom this is our house this is the way we do it like it or love it i will be happy to let you into this orbit as, you know, the man, I would be happy to give you the rub. But thus far, the offer has not been accepted. Will Brewer, what are some of the top fights that were scheduled or in the works that never happened? Uh, I mean, Habib Ferguson comes to mind. 
Wasn't there one recently that's been... Uh, I mean, uh, Machchev Darius I was really looking forward to. Really looking forward to. Also looking forward to Fazia Vardier, which we're getting next week. Uh, Couture, Fyodor, Fyodor Brock was a big one back in the day. Some people would say GSP Silva, but I was never really down. I, like, I didn't really care. I mean, of course, I would have watched it. I would have been hyped for it. But I didn't love the idea of GSP going up to 185 from 170. Mm, what else? Yeah, those are the main ones. I'm sure there's a ton of others. Uh, Nico Suave. Sava Ariel. Want to give a big shout out to Darren Till. Took his loss on the chin and seeked out one of the best wrestlers in the UFC in Hamza to improve. Good for him. Yes, I agree. Shows tremendous maturity in my view. But also, just how amazing is the banter between them? Doing everything from training to feeding. Stockholm's homeless together. I'd love to see them corner each other, although I fear this might be the final twist of the knife in Platinum Mike Perry's heart. It is a great bromance, a great partnership. Uh, and yes, it can only happen if you have a character like Darren Till who doesn't take himself too seriously, who wants to improve, but understands, you know, the whole game, promotion, self-deprecation. Uh, it's great. The whole thing is great. And remember, they were going back and forth. I know it wasn't extremely hostile, but they were going back and forth. And it wasn't a crazy thought to think that they would fight each other in the future. So yeah, this is great. Ollie. Question one, how long till a UFC pay-per-view takes a record off of boxing with 4.6 million buys? You asked the same question last week. Question two, 87 Tyson versus President Tyson Fury. You asked the same question last week, Ollie. What the hell? Uh, Anthony, buenos dias, Ariel. My name is Anthony, and I'm writing to you from Chicago. My question is, I'm going to propose to my girlfriend, V, pronounced like the letter V, this June 18th on a boat along Lake Michigan. I hope she doesn't listen to this show. This is me saying that. I've just secured the private boat and I'm working with a jeweler to design her ring. Wow, Mazel tov. What advice can you share on engagement and marriage? How is your experience leading up to your proposal? I would say if her parents are alive to ask for their, you know, their their blessing. That's what I did. I was living in New York with my wife and I told her I had to go to a trip. I told her I had to go on a trip to Dallas because I was going to Dallas in a few weeks to cover HDNet fights too. So I just bumped it up. She didn't know the difference. I went home to Montreal I went to get sushi with her parents. I asked them. They knew it was happening. They said yes. Flew back home. Set up a little camcorder thingy, mini digital camera thingy on the floor. Rang the doorbell of our apartment at like 7.38 in the morning. She opened it. I did it. It was great. It was a great time. And so I would just say, don't make it too crazy. You know, make it memorable, special, Ask for the uh, the blessing and you'll have a great time. I wish you the best. Uh, Nick, Ariel, a lot of fighters have t-shirt drops for their fights. Represent Nate Diaz's company. Yes, has the best quality and softest shirts. PSA, they just dropped the Bobby Green shirt. I saw that. It's great. Killashaw, our old pal. Hello, my friend. No questions or subtle shots today. I just wanted to share how much I genuinely love, support, and enjoy what you do in combat sports. Whatever I have going on, I always tune in and make it a part of my daily life. And it's helped me through some tough times during the lockdown. With that said, my MMA journey and experiment has come to an end due to undisclosed reasons. I will be watching content, but no more trolling or calls or questions. I'd request you to think of me fondly in my absence. Since tomorrow's National Toast Day, a toast to Srinivas, who he always mentions first, GC, New York Rick, Mystery Frank and all my friends on here. Take care of each other. My final comment is sponsored 
by Ragnarok Meta. <laughs> what? Uh, Lewis is on your kill. I love you, but you've said things. You've said such things before, I'm sure. Keep it 100. Killshaw, if this is true, you'd be greatly missed. I kind of feel like Killshaw is just trying... What, what do you guys think back there? Do you believe him that he has done, or do you think that he is just trying to... You know, fish for some compliments. Some don't leave. We love you. I don't believe him. Yeah, I mean, it's a great comment. It's a great comment, but I don't believe it. Fantastic comment, but I don't believe it. (laughs) Hugo, hey Ariel, great show on Monday. Was the Bobby Green interview one of your most satisfying interviews of all time, considering the history between you two? Um, it was up there. It was memorable because I really thought he would never come back on. But there, I mean, there's been a lot of satisfying ones over the years. It definitely meant a lot. Because I know he is someone who sticks to his guns, strong in his convictions. And when he told me he wasn't going to come on, even though, honestly, if I could be honest with everyone, I still don't understand what I did. Was it just that, like, we tweeted something out about it and I magnified it? I don't know. I mean, he says that it was his coach slash dad who said it. Did I really do something wrong? I don't know. Anyway, water under the bridge. Wish him the best. What a great story. And, And what a scene it would be, my friends. If on Saturday night, while everyone is just about ready to coronate one Islam Makhachev, there goes King Bobby Green, veteran of the game, from King of the Cage to Strike Force to the UFC and everywhere in between. He walks in there and punches that man in the face and shocks the world. And I swear to God, if they're going to give him a title shot, if they're going to give Islam a title shot, they better be ready to give Bobby Green a title shot. Now, I know the deck is stacked against him, and I think Islam is amazing, and I think he's most likely a future champion in the not-too-distant future. But this is a crazy sport, and crazy things happen in this sport. And if he can pull this off, holy smokes. He's lost before. Makhachev has, and it's been a while. It's been, you know, 10 fights ago. But, man, if Bobby Green could pull this off, what a story. It will be Masvidal-esque. It really would. L Sparks. Hello, my friend. I was watching the 30 for 30 I Hate Christian Leitner again last night and saw several appearances by the nose himself. Yes, on the old MMA Hour set near Brian Park. Are you asked to participate in a lot of these types of shows? Yes, sometimes rare that it's a non-combat one. Uh, that was produced by Rory Karp, who's become a friend who had his his first amateur fight not that long ago. Shout out to him. I think he's 44. He's produced a lot of great things. Um, tons of stuff for the UFC as well, the CM Punk series, looking for a fight. The reason why I don't like doing those uh, very much is because you sit there for two hours and they'll use like two minutes. You know, the documentary, they're trying to put these puzzle pieces together. And it's like, golly, I was asked to do something recently for uh, for Vice. I won't say what it is. And I just, I couldn't muster up the energy to do it, to sit there for two hours knowing very well. I mean, I did a couple of those A&E wrestling ones last year. And this was early days of the pandemic. I wasn't even, I don't even think I was vaccinated or anything. Um and I did it because they asked me so many times. I did it about, I did it on the Mick Foley and the Randy Savage, Annie. Those docs are great. Fantastic. I think they use probably collective. I was there for maybe three hours. I think they use like 30 seconds of my answers. Like, come on. Who's got time for that? Zach Payne. Good morning, Ariel. Who do you see Benil fighting next? I think the tough thing is, uh, 
We don't know if he's going to have surgery, not how long. I mean, ankle injuries are serious, so too soon. This week's handicap hot take for you. Faziev will KO RDA inside two rounds. I don't think it's a crazy hot take. RDA then leaves UFC, oh, and goes to Eagle FC to fight at 160. All right, there's your hot take. I can dig it. Jacob, good morning, Ariel. Have you heard where UFC 274 will be? No. I know you guys ask me about this every week, and for some reason, nothing on it. Hi, Ariel. Lee from Glasgow here. First time with a question. Been listening to you for nearly 10 years. Since I've known, oh, sorry, since I've shown so much loyalty to you, I think you should show loyalty to my football team, the Celtic Football Club. What do you want me to do? I'm accepting gifts. Don't know if you've noticed, but it's Meatball Molly's Scottish team also. Fact for you, we were the first British team to win the European Cup in 1967, now known as the Champions League. Hail, hail, and up the raw. What you think? Are you one of us now? No, you got I mean, you got to buy my allegiance. It's not just a simple comment. But I appreciate the love and support. Taylor, I don't understand why the UFC should be blamed for Francis leaving if the decision comes down to his insistent to box. No, it's about respect. And I'm sure money is involved as well. But of course they should be blamed. If it's about respect and he feels disrespected, why dilute the UFC brand by seeing Francis get pieced up by Fury or some other pro? It's not about that. Hey, Ariel, when are you going to start your own management team or promotion? Seriously, though, the respect these fighters have for you is so admirable. They can't stay mad at the nose. Let me tell you something. If I started my own management, own promotion, it would be very successful. But I feel like this is my calling. This is the best place for me to be. But I'd be lying if I didn't say, man, I could promote that fight better than those people. I could get people interested in that. I could do better for that fighter. I could get people more invested in that fighter, of course. But we're better on the side of the fence. But I appreciate it. Uh, and A-E-N-L-42. This is a question I've been wanting to ask for a while. I know Mayhem Miller isn't really relevant in the MMA world today, but what do you think is going on with him to continue having unstable behavior that gets him in trouble? I mean, impossible for me to... It's a very sad situation, and it's impossible for me to speculate. It would be reckless for me to speculate, but you guys know how I have always felt about Mayhem and... It's just very sad. And I, I really thought, I actually spoke to him after not speaking to him since the, I didn't speak to him for like, I don't know, seven years after the Lucky Patrick thing. And then I spoke to him in the very early stages of the pandemic. It was like, I think April of 2020, wore my heart. It was beautiful. And I, I really thought he had turned the corner. <clears throat> Unfortunate. Cat MMA. Hey, Ariel, what does Dana White actually do? It seems like all the important tasks are done by others. Example, Hunter Campbell, matchmakers. Is he just a figurehead for the media? No, he does a lot more. I mean, of course, a lot of it is promotion. A lot of it is interviews. A lot, But behind the scenes, he's still very much involved. Hunter Campbell does the negotiations and stuff like that. Dana very, 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 very rarely involved. Um, but yes. He will get involved if he has to. Mention that um, dinner meeting that he had with Francis before Francis went, I think, home to Cameroon. Heard it didn't go great, so I'm not really sure. But like, he'll get involved in some things where he needs to. Uh, but for the most part, the guy who's really steering that signing ship, if you will, the big deals, that's Hunter Campbell.
Newman, I always wonder why he's considered a great promoter. He barely promotes his fighters these days other than the occasional calling someone a badass. I mean, that's, that's a fair, honest comment. There ain't a lot of promotion going on. I mean, he'll pop up for the pay-per-views, but for these events, like, what is he talking about with regards to Bobby Green and Issa Makhchev? Like, you can sit there. I could cut a hell of a promo right now on Bobby Green and Issa Makhchev. I could. You know I could. You all know I could. There ain't a lot of that going on. It's a factory now. This is in 2006, 2007, UFC. Those days are over. The race has been won. The, 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 the checks have been cashed. The, the big money deals have been you know made. Um, it's not the same. They don't have to do what they did back in the day. So that's what happens when you, when you win the race, when you get paid. I would say that the, the product suffers a little bit, but witness the fact that they're not leaving the apex and, you know, the pandemic is over in their mind and uh, they're still doing events there. The deals have been done. GDP. Amon. Ariel, every time you interview a retired or retiring fighter, you always ask, when, are you, when were you the happiest in your career? I do do that a lot. I'm interested to know when you were the happiest in your career. Hmm. Way to turn the tables on me. Um, I don't know if I can pick one moment. Definitely been very, very happy over the last, you know, eight or so months. Extremely. That feels like a cop-out. 2010 was a really great year. A lot of travel, a lot of events. I really enjoyed 2010. 2012 was a great year. Uh, went to Japan, a lot of travel, but also became a dad for the first time. And also, you know, started working with Fox and got to realize the dream of being on TV. And that felt like a really big stage in my career. 2016, believe it or not, post-Fox, post-199 was big because I felt free again. 2017 was great as well. You know, there was Maymac and all that stuff. That was really fun. Actually, 2007, we moved into this studio and I felt like this was a really big deal. We had a stretch there for two months where we had an in-studio guest every week. From June to August, leading up to May Mac, we had an in-studio guest every week, sometimes related, sometimes not. We covered that event better than anyone. And I mean, there's no, there's no argument to be had. Not to mention the live events that we did, you know, from Radio Row. That was amazing. So those are a few errors that come to mind. Uh, whatever happened with James Haskell and Beltor? Good question. I don't know. How come he never fought? Good question. The rugby guy. Do you have any idea where Bray Wyatt will end up? No. I did reach out to his people to try to do an interview. Nothing yet. <clears throat> I don't, and and, and uh, this person asked me if he goes back to WWE. I don't think so. I don't think that happens. Askren and you shall receive. In your professional opinion, who wins in a four-way Indian strap match? Colby, Jorge, Usman, Hamzat. I'll go with Hamzat. Tough as nails. Breaking the fourth wall a bit. <clears throat> How many crew members are there on the set? Sometimes when you're on a rant, you sort of look past the cameras as if you're speaking to someone. Is that just you looking into the distance or is there someone sitting back there acknowledging your points? All the best. Love the show. That is a very funny question. So in this room right here, I am by myself. There's no one here. There are three cameras. There's one here. There's one there, the wide, and there's one there that one. There's no one actually here with me. 
And yes, sometimes when I'm on a rant, I kind of look off to the side. I'm kind of like looking at the door. Uh, there's a door back there. Uh, I'm not really talking to anyone, but it just feels weird to look right down the barrel of the camera. Maybe I should. I don't know. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five people in the control room, right? Yeah. When New York Rick is there, there's six. Um, when I did a show in college at Syracuse, I used to have a producer who I named Lester C. Dearson who I would talk to, sort of like how I talked to, you know, Frank, GC, New York Rick. That person didn't exist. He was a figment of my imagination. And I just felt, you know, I grew up with Howard Stern and Robin. I felt like it would be good to have someone to sort of interact with, even though it was a one-way street. Um, so I guess when I'm looking off, I'm looking at someone. I'm looking at Lester. There he is. My old friend Lester, who's been with me for 20 years. Um, and no one really listened to the show. But my parents did, and some of my friends did, and I told them that Lester was a real person. Why? I'm not quite sure. Of course, Lester C. Dearson, a play off of you know Lester B. Pearson, former Prime Minister of Canada. I just thought of that name. That probably should have been a hint that it was a fake person, fake name, but it wasn't. Uh, hey, Ariel and GC. Uh, with Alvarez, with the Alvarez fight upcoming. <laughs> Do you think there should be an increased penalty for repeat offenders that don't make weight? Now, which Alvarez fight are they talking about? Oh, Joel. Um, maybe you can up... Uh, up. It's No. They're getting hit in the pocket. It's pretty bad. Patrick, favorite segment of the week. Two quick questions. What percentage of those fighters that come can't come on your show for ridiculous reasons... Do you talk to off the record? Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh. Mm, some of them. But I, I will say he has been successful in ruining a lot of great relationships, which honestly, I'm more bummed at them than I am at him for that because he could do whatever he wants. But imagine allowing someone to dictate who you are in contact with, who you're friends with, and for what? Like, I would love if one of these guys were like, so why exactly can we not talk to him? The dude who was always nice to us, who would always have us on his show, the dude who's like, you know, always respectful. Why exactly? Oh, because you made a deal that benefits you? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. If Gamebird loses on March 5th, where does he go from there with three losses in a row, all high profile, still be a star? I think he'll be okay. But, I mean, this is the back end of the career, no doubt. Mark V. Last October before 267, Dana kept mentioning how the UFC has big plans for Abu Dhabi and we're close to finalizing some sort of agreement. Do you know what the deal was? No idea. Uh, do you feel Joan Howard's punishment for five games is justified? I'm fine with it. Honestly. I was talking to DC earlier. He thinks it should have been more. Believe it or not, we still speak quite often. Um, I'm fine with it. Maybe Big Ten tournament, not the NCAA tournament. Listen, they called a timeout. They called a timeout. But yes, I mean, the slap in the face was no good. Fired. Listen, if you want to do it for the rest of the season, I would have been okay with that too. Don't really feel strongly one way or the other. Fired, though, feels excessive. Ariel, my guy, Benjamin, 
Where does the Mayhem Miller show rank with last Monday's show in terms of insanity? And what do you know about the possibility for a heavyweight slugfest between John Volante and Todd Duffy? In the works, I'm told. In the works. And uh, I mean, that may, nothing will top the Mayhem one because it was in person, right? It was like in person. I don't know what was going on. He's going to break the set. He's going to punch me in the face. So nothing will top that. Lewis, my man, Afternoon Ariel. In the wrestling biz, many former pros feel they hit their prime. Oh, here we go. In their late 30s, approaching 40, prime meaning a combination of understanding their character, connecting with the crowd, and their athletic capabilities. What would you propose as the MMA equivalent of hitting one's prime? Oh, okay. I thought he was going to go in a different direction. Um, Can the same factors be considered... Or should Prime be based on pure physicality and performances? Right now, the youngest champions are 25-26, AJ McKee and Angela Lee, the oldest 42. I think it depends. Honestly, I think it depends on the weight class. Weight class has a lot to do with it. If I had to pick, I'd say 31, 32, 33-ish. But you see some guys in their late 30s, early 40s who do quite well. Speaking of age, how do you handle getting older? Uh, I think I handle it pretty good. The beard sports a few grays these days. Yes, it does. Approaching 40, 40 in July. Um, I wish I was a little... I I don't feel 100%. Like, I wish I was healthier. Um, And I know that can mean a lot, but... I feel pretty good. I was assessing... If you would have told me, you know, when I was 20, that I would have what I have right now... As I approached four, I had a lot of goals that I wanted to accomplish by 40, and I feel like I've checked most of them off. But now I have a lot of goals that I want to accomplish by 50 that I haven't even come close to checking off. Um, I remember being in a Boston hotel room when my mom turned 40 and she was crying in the bathroom. And I remember thinking to myself, that, that's really weird. Like, why is she so sad? And now I get it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big thing to digest. I remember seeing the movie This is 40 when I was probably, I don't know, 28, 29, and being like, wow, that's so long away. I don't have to worry about that anytime soon. And now here I am. It's also a little bit weird to go from, like there was a period in my work life where I was the youngest guy, right? The youngest person on any team for so long. Now that's not the case anymore. So all these things are things that you deal with, but I enjoy getting older. I enjoy growing up, maturing. I'm way happier now than I was when I was a teenager. That's for sure. So I don't necessarily long for those years. I, uh, I'm appreciative of the freedom and the ability to do this for a living every day as opposed to doing stuff that I didn't really want to do. So for the most part, I feel like I'm handling getting older pretty well. Thanks for asking. Dear Ariel from Just Gliding, I'm an Australian that has followed the sport of MMA since UFC 10. I was, oh, 110. I was there. No, I was not there. I was at 127. I was at the Olympics for that one. Um, was held in Sydney in 2010. I've long followed your work. Listening to the Amer, the Arawani show, DC and Hawani, and now the Amer once more every week since stumbling across it in 2014. I know you prefer short questions, and I apologize because I don't actually have one. I'm just reaching out after all this time to tell you how impressed I was with how you handled last week's show or Monday's show um, to offer concise rebuttals and suggestions on topics sprung on you without notice Um, and doing it in such a way that didn't compromise your relationship with Bryce, was truly impressive. So before you had even completed the follow-up interview with Korean Zombie, I was moved to sign up to your Substack and draft this message in the hopes that I could ease your mind in that I'm not locked in my house here in Australia and that 
almost all COVID restrictions are ending here in New South Wales by the end of February. All the best to you and your family, a long-term fan, Jay. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate that, and I hope you are doing well down under. I love Sydney, and I hope to be back one day. Uh, greetings, Ariel. Glad I finally get a chance to have some sort of connection to the king. I want to applaud you by how you treat these amazing fighters. For example, the positive words and feedback you give fighters, applauding them for what they do. Um, the two that come to mind are Dustin Poirier and Francis. I get emotional when you speak highly of them after the interview. I know it means a lot to them when they hear that, but it means a lot to us knowing how genuine you are. And that's why you're one of one. Thanks, Jose. Jezza, what's up, Ariel? I could just read the nice comments all day. That would be great. Uh, Jezza Q, back again from England. I'm still catching up on Monday's show. The president thought the Bobby Green interview was fascinating at the start. Shout out to both of you for burying the hatchet. I have noticed that at Izzy's fight buildup, and last week there's been zero media activity from Dana other than the UFC press conferences. Do you know why that is? Often interviews uh, with Dana are some of the best on fight week. Mm, honestly, I, don't, don't be asking me about his schedule. I don't know. Like I said, he's not doing as much. And that's not me hating. That's just facts. Go compare. So I don't know. Maybe the Francis thing. Uh, Big Spitta. Got one more. One more for you, Ariel. How's the shoe game looking? Are you still rocking with the Nike SB Dunks? Yes, I am. Although I haven't bought new ones in a while. These are the ones today. I think I've shown you these before, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not so cool anymore. Also, what did you think of... Aviv Gozali's TKO loss in Beltor last weekend. Do you think he could bounce back from that? Or is his set of skills too one-dimensional like we've seen with Ryan Hall? No, I mean, Ryan Hall bounced back. I think Aviv's great. Good young fighter. I think he's solid. Ryan Hall bounced back from a, a pretty bad knockout. Alton. Hey, Ariel, any plans for a UFC Dublin event to be scheduled in the near future? Haven't heard anything. Also, which of your team causes you the most pain? Nick's bills or everton god the knicks are like the child that disappoints you they just perpetually disappoint me i'm just so disappointed in them right now the bills have caused more pain in my heart like i i, I felt pain in my heart when they lost to the chiefs pain like true I, I couldn't move for like an hour on my couch so and everton's doing great shout out to frankie lamps uh, Dan, good morning, Ariel. My first UFC show was 223 at Barclays. Wow, what a show. And I'll never forget when you were covering it around the clock to give everyone the news that was happening. Yes, I went to the, uh, I went to the police station. It was nuts. That was wild. They had the, the weigh-ins and then the court appearance thing happening a few blocks. That was the, there will never be a crazier fight week than that week. Never, ever, ever. We did the beat here. Habib calls me up after the bus incident. It was nuts. You made it easier on my stress levels knowing what was going on. Been listening since 2015. I've always appreciated your honesty and integrity when it comes to how you report the news in your interviews. Thank you. I even made a skull. Blah, blah, blah. I even made a small sculpture of you a few years back to commemorate how often your words are in my ears every week. Wow. Thank you. That's amazing. I'd love to see it. Would love for you to have it. Thank you for everything you do. I appreciate that. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Aaron, with UFC London coming up, and by the way, I just saw a note from the O2 saying they're reopening February 25th, so the uh, the roof has been saved. Of course they were going to save it. Too many events to be had. Too little events have happened over the past two years, so they were going to fix that. So all good for that, uh, what was it, March 19th event. Um, got me thinking about John Hathaway. Wow, I haven't thought of him in a while. He looks set to have a bright future with the UFC. 
having a 17-2 record at only 26. His last loss was Dung Young Kim in 2014, spinning elbow KO, crazy KO. He seems to keep a very low profile, and sadly, due to Crohn's disease, I believe he stopped competing. Yes, that is right. Just wondering if you have heard anything on him since. He could have been a UK champ. No, and uh, honestly, there's so many of those guys from the early days, 2010, 2011, 2009, that I feel like we've forgotten about, and it's, it's sad again. I wish these people could be remembered. I hope he's doing well. I hope he's healthy. He was great. Really nice guy, too. Super nice guy. Hey, Ariel, what do you think will be a bigger, more followed sport in 25 years, boxing or MMA? Mm. Tough question. Boxing's not going anywhere. It will always be the biggest boxing events will always be the biggest, but um, they'll be on equal footing. MMA is good for the younger. I'll say MMA, but I'm in no way saying that boxing is going anywhere. They could sell 100,000 tickets in the UK. Mass, like It's not going anywhere. Boxing is doing great. No problems. Matan, if you were to give $20 million to invest in any MMA organization based on expected future success, which would you invest in? I mean, the UFC, obviously. <clears throat> Grant Young. Hi, Ariel. I've heard you mention that you're a nail biter. I am. Have you ever considered trying hypnotherapy to rid yourself of the habit? No. I was a nail biter all my life. Then after one hypnotherapy session, the thought of biting my nails became repulsive and I haven't been biting since. I, I do do it less now with all the germs and everything, but still a bit of a problem. Might be worth looking into if you want nails like Izzy's. They are nice. Golly, are they nice. I mean, those nails are. Have you, have you guys seen Izzy's nails? Frank, did you see Izzy's nails when he was here? Incredible. That's it? You pressed the thing and then you didn't say anything. I guess it sounded like you answered the question for me. Why not? I just wanted to know. Oh, you see? So, so here's my answer. Incredible. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. Uh, Shalom, Ariel. Not sure if you remember me, but I interviewed you from your car for a school assignment a few months back. Thank you for the A. All right, Eric. Yes, I remember. I recently got back from covering the IMF Amateur World Finals in Abu Dhabi. It was an incredible experience getting to report on the future stars of the sport. My question is, do you think amateur MMA will ever become a popular mainstream complement to professional MMA? Think college sports to their professional counterparts. What would have to happen for this to be the case? I think it would be great if the fans could get behind cheering for a national amateur team rather than one fighter or gym. I mean, you have amateur boxing, in uh, the sport of boxing, it's a thing. I think it will continue to become more of a thing in MMA. Fighters not jumping into the pro ranks right off the bat. And I think what IMF is doing is great. It's not so much a thing here in America, but overseas it's a, it's a very respected and legitimate um, structure and organization. So I hope it becomes more of a thing. Develop younger talent, have them ready for the big leagues. God bless. Kevin, hey, Ariel, love the show. New subscriber. Thank you. Shout out to G-City. Shout out to New York Rick. LeBron is the GOAT. But I have a question about the bantamweight division. In my opinion, it's the best division in the UFC, but nobody in the top 10 has been booked for a fight in months other than the title fight of Jan versus Sterling and Rice versus Song Yudong. I mean, yes, but that is 40% of the top 10. I mean, golly. But there's so many crazy, crazy fights they can make right now. What's the holdup? Why not Corey versus Cruz, Marav versus Cheeto? I asked Cheeto what's up recently. He said nothing. I'm sure by the summer we'll get a lot of those. 
Nim, hey, Ariel, what a show on Monday. Very brief one for me. Can we get Henry on the show? If that cameo appearance was in front of a live audience, he would have got a huge pop. I was absolutely loving it. So, Triple C, if you're listening, come back to the show. Let's squash this, man. You are missed. He's got to get permission. We had some great moments, and I'll just remind all of you, when Henry was riding with me, I mean, the Bella Twins were in his DMs. What's he got now? What's he got now? Matt, have you looked into... I mean, I think he has a family now, so it's going pretty well. But the point remains. Pretty cool. Have you looked into Bengal bouts here at Notre Dame that New York Rick brought up? I have not. It's for a great cause, a ton of fun, and we'll be on ESPN. We would love to have you out if you're interested. Going to be tough, but I support, and I will say... Take up the anthem within our name. Take the whole day for the ball. Wake up the What's on the old day? Jordan, hope you're doing well, Ariel. You're such an inspiration to me that not only do I write for fan-sided MMA, but I just opened up a Substack to write more things here as well. Wow, I want to talk about uh, because of you, so I thank you for that. Thank you. My question revolves around Ryan Hahn, Corey Sanhagen. Have you heard any fight updates on both of them? Oh, that's two Corey questions. No, nothing. Sorry. Salam alaikum, Ariel. Cheers from Dubai. Inshallah. Alhamdulillah. With February coming to an end, do you feel any one match up or one fighter in particular already ranks high up on the list for your year-end awards? Hmm. Too soon. Too soon. Shout out, please, to the one who actually introduced me to Ariel Hawani. You are appreciated, and I'm lucky to fall in love with my best friend. Sweet. Hashtag winning. Also, hey, Frank. Lots of love, Russia. Frank, you have a fan in Abu Dhabi. Or Dubai, excuse me. Uh, the Fall Guy. Hello, Ariel. Congratulations on your recent YouTube success. Yes. Over 100,000. Only took 12, 13 years. Really enjoyed the different guests and why you've wanted to interview them. Just finished up with Steve-O and Brooke Burke interviews. Thank you. They were fantastic. I appreciate it. I'm curious and apologize if you answered this at a prior time. Who are some of the upcoming guests? Can't tell you. It's a surprise. Chris in Atlantic City. Hey, Ariel. Hope your wife is doing well. Thank you. I appreciate it. What is the biggest bombshell someone dropped on you during a live interview? Hmm. Live? Well, I was going to say Dana saying that Strike Force was bought, but that wasn't live. That's a. By the way, that one is going to be good for the book. That story will be good for the book. Woo-wee. Live? Man. Sorry. How about David Feldman saying that BKFC was bought by Triller? No? Why doesn't Hamza go into middleweight? I think he's on the path. He's got one more fight. He wins that. He gets a title shot. Wouldn't be surprised if he goes back there. But for now, I feel like 170 is the spot. Beer, can, bottled, or draft? I don't really drink beer. I do like a nice little Guinness. I don't really taste the difference. Frank, you beer drinker? Occasionally. Can, bottled, or draft? Bottles of uh, Miller High Life. That's your thing? As of right now, yeah. GC? Can, bottled, or draft? I guess draft. Draft? Yeah, I can notice the biggest difference with uh, Guinness. Okay. What? Uh, what's your favorite? 
I don't know. I'm kind of like you. I don't drink a ton of beer. Probably Guinness. All right. Um, that's weird that you would say the same as me, but I, I mean, I, I love it. A lot of people don't pick Guinness. Like you just casually drink Guinness. Had one on, uh, on Sunday. Wow. Okay. Uh, what is the process for requesting walkout songs? Can they pick anything? Yes. Well, you, you can pick anything. They can say yes or no, but you send it an email to someone, um, and then they tell you if it's good or bad. There was a time back in the day where Dana was like really particular about what played. And sometimes would deny a song and then put his own choice in there, which was always very weird to me. It's like, look, this guy's walking out. Let them have their song. Um, I think they're a little more lenient as witnessed by Island Boy several months ago. Uh, happy birthday, Drivinci. How do you feel about Chael claiming... That Derek Lewis fake getting knocked out by Tuivasa. Did he really say that? Chell's quote, I don't believe that elbow put Derek out. I don't believe Derek was out for one second, but at some point you got to find a way out, and that's what happened here. I disagree with that. Come on, Chell. I mean, come on. If we were doing the show back then, I would have told him, Chell, that's a crazy statement. What are you talking about? The guy fell down face first like Ric Flair circa 1981. Hi, Ariel. Do you know how Connor, do you know how Connor had the inside scoop on TJ's plan on leaving? Why do I always get asked this question about Connor and having the inside scoop on TJ leaving Alpha Male? First of all, who the hell cares? And second of all, why do I keep getting this question? I don't know. Ryan, Izzy said paying fighters enough money to not have second or third jobs would allow them to focus more on training. Would that quality be enough to justify paying more than 20% of revenue? Yes, they can afford it. Amy, thanks for Monday's work. I was exhausted by the end, just listening. Pivot to the nose question. Why isn't Kat going to fight Cyborg anymore? Would she come on to talk about it? I was told Kat's team wanted it. Excuse me. Interesting situation going on with Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg's going to be a free agent, I'm told, by the summer. So she could get a fight in or the deal is going to be up. I thought that they were going to go with Cyborg versus Kat. Once they booked Cat versus Blankow, that made me think, oh, they're going to try to do Cyborg versus Kayla, sign Kayla. But once I found out about Cyborg's contract, it makes me think that Cyborg's going to want a new deal to fight Kayla. This situation is going to get really interesting real fast, if it hasn't already. And again, um, if you're asking for an update on Kayla, nothing yet. But it's kind of at the same spot as it was last week. It's down to those two can go either way. Interesting times. Very interesting. Any insight into that Warrior series with DC? Is that still going forward? Not sure. How's your wife? Thank you for asking. She is doing great. And how come no one ever addresses her by name on your show only as Mrs. Helwani? I don't know why. You know, it's funny. I was talking to someone yesterday who always talked about his wife by her name. I've never met his wife. This was in an interview. I was like, that's interesting because I always say my wife. I never say Jacqueline. Jacqueline's my wife's name. There are some people, you ever notice this when you talk to someone? Some people are like, Jacqueline, you're like, wait a second, is that your wife that you're talking to? They don't say my wife so-and-so. They just say the person's name and you're just supposed to like be in their orbit and understand what they're talking about. I don't know how that happened, uh, but her name is Jacqueline. Thanks for asking. And uh, her last name actually isn't even Helwani, believe it or not. In Quebec, you don't change your last name because of all the divorces. Um, all right, just a couple more here. Thank you. It's true. 
It, it's almost like impossible to change your name. Was the NBA dunk contest unfairly criticized this year? Nah, it sucked. Come on, dog. It sucked. Just like two years ago, we had uh, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, and that was incredible. Uh, a P-Sec, dear, dear Ariel, a couple of our dear Lord Chael questions. Uncle Chael, most of the times in his podcast, supports very strongly about UFC, especially regarding the contracts. Did you have any dialogue with him about this? And do you wish to have a segment or a session in the MAR with him? Um, no, I mean, we would argue about it a lot on the show, but that was pretty much it. The photo in the robe of Chael in your studio is damn cool. Yes, that's before the John Jones fight. Which event was that? Can I get it? Yes, it was before the John Jones fight, UFC 159. Um, do you believe in Paul Felder's Irish curse? Irish curse, which is looming on RDA. Oh my, I didn't even think of that. And I don't believe in it, no. As we're on the road to WrestleMania, Ariel, when are you finally getting the call to step into pro wrestling? Yeah! Which WWE or AEW superstar are you representing? Yeah! It's Kayla Harrison and I. We're going to take over, baby! I think your impact could rival what Heyman adds to the likes of Reigns and Lesnar as an advocate. My personal choice would be Shinsuke Nakamura. Ooh, that'd be fun. But he's got Rick Boogs. I appreciate that. That would be fun. Okay, just a couple more. Do you think Bobby gets... Do you really think Bobby gets a title shot with a win? Who, Bobby Knuckles? Who's Bobby? Oh, Bobby Green. Uh, I think there's a chance. He should. He should. Arrow, if you could choose one current athlete that you think would excel the furthest in the sport of MMA, who would it be? I'll take Simone Biles for the next female strawweight champ. I'll take Josh Allen for the next light heavyweight champ. Ariel, can you please explain to journalist sources? Who are these sources? Well, I can't tell you because they're sources. Is it common not to credit them for information they provide? Yes, it's very common. Do you have arrangement with these sources to break certain news and be the first? No, you tell someone, some, you know, someone tells you something, they don't want to be uh, attached to it for various reasons. And so they say, I will be uh, providing this information on background. Sources are people that you meet, managers, uh, fighters, it could be the fighter themselves, it could be the manager, it could be the, a coach, it could be a training partner, it could be a sister, it could be a wife, it could be a million different, it could be a promoter, it could be a promoter. I've been, I, I've, I've gotten tons of information from promoters, including Dana himself who said, don't put my name on it, including Scott Coker himself who said, don't put, my, about his own organization, because there's politics and repercussions, it could be a thousand different people. Have you ever received information that wasn't factual? Yes. So what you do is you get something and then you try to confirm it. I try to do it with at least two people, if not three. And there have been times where someone told me something was happening 100% and I went and confirmed and found that it wasn't. How about that? And I was like, oh, thank God I didn't do it. Thank God I didn't do it. Regardless of the outcome next week, do you think RDA is a possibility for Connor's return? Not if he loses. Uh, when you're live doing the show, do you have the live comments up on your laptop? Yes. I'm just looking at the page right now. I just wanted to quickly drop in and say how much I'm loving your interviews on the Hawaiian show. I've especially loved your interviews with sports journalists. Have a great Wednesday. Thank you. Are you really colorblind? Yes. If so, what's your favorite color and what's it like being so? Pink. Like, how do you know when the traffic lights are green? Well, it's not... I mean, those I know, and also you can know the order... But uh, yeah, I have uh, I have issues. Can you please attempt a backflip for fans? No, I will fall on my head like uh, Madcap Moss. That was scary on Saturday. 
Was your Nate Diaz comment a couple of weeks ago a read between the lines, if not any update? It wasn't. I'll have an update soon. But things are positive. I will leave it at that. And with that, I thank you all for your questions. That was fun. And with that, it is time to go. Appreciate everyone. Frank, you can hit my music. Much love. A fun day. Unhistoric day. Why was it historic? We had breaking news today on the program, friends. We have breaking news, and we got a lot of MMA. Next week's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it already. The Road to 272, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, all that and more. You know the drill. 272, sneaky good main card, by the way. Sneaky, sneaky good. I don't know why I did the Richard Nixon right there, but let me tell you something. Sneaky good card, and I am not a crook. I am not a crook. Thank you very much to everyone who joined us today. Thank you very much to Austin Vanderford. Thank you very much to Gegar Musasi. Gegar was great. Oh, that was so much fun. Uh, you got to love when someone comes on in, in that kind of mood. And I can't wait for that main event. Big spot for Austin Vanderford. Main event, first time, Bellator, middleweight title. This Friday, three arena in Dublin. What a scene it's going to be. I'm looking forward to it very much. Thank you very much to Chad Mendez. Great to catch up with him. Congratulations on the win this past Saturday at Knucklemania Deutsch. Deutsch Degera, number two. Uh, Commander Dale Brown was a nice little surprise. He was great. Shout out to him and shout out to Detroit Urban Survival Training. Appreciate him coming on very much as well. And congratulations to David Feldman and the entire BKFC team for their new deal with Triller. Mazel tov. Enjoy the fights this weekend, my friends. Bobby Green, is he going to do it? Holy smokes, if he does, we'll have a lot to talk about. Back on Monday, same time, place, Tuesday. Peace. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower.